The podcast on Haunted Hill will contain spoilers and swearing. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. I saw this Michael. Be one of us. I didn't tell you my name. Hang up. I didn't tell them my name. I know that one of you is a werewolf. I saw you in the garden this afternoon. Of course, I'm only speaking to the Abbott family. My brother John, from whom you are all descended, was bitten on the back of his neck by something that was half animal, half human. From that moment on, he was hairy, all over. I had hoped all these years that his disease would not be passed on, but now I see that it was. One of you is preying upon the fears of an old woman. Whoever you are, may God strike you dead. Now let's have coffee and dessert in the music room. Hello and welcome to the podcast on Haunted Hill, episode 42. I am Gav. I am Dan. You were drinking, weren't you? Uh, I was having a little sip of squash. Sorry could, about that. I could hear the swallow. Oh. <laughs> um, how's it going? Very good, my friend. Very, very good. Uh, and yourself? Not too bad, not too bad. Um, I have a bit of a bad back, but we're talking about that in World of the Strange. Ooh. That's <laughs> ominous, isn't it? So if I start moaning at any point, it's not because I'm a ghost or I'm having an orgasm, it's because I'm in pain. You're getting a blowjob from a ghost. Who has a bad back. Okay, so, yeah. Um, yeah, we, this episode, we are kind of not doing strictly full-on horror it's kind of horror comedy as such we are doing a couple of pg flicks and based on the great late of recent gene wilder indeed uh this is the first of three episodes that were picked by our listeners um we asked you guys to vote uh, and this was the one that got the most votes so we're covering uh, haunted honeymoon and young frankenstein yeah. Which are two horror comedies, yeah. arguably. And they both, def- they um, definitely are. And both PGs. So. Both PGs, so these are suitable for children. Uh, but saying that, uh, we will get to Ask Jasmine, but that didn't go down too well for <laughs> Honeymoon. No, no spoilers, though. <laughs> no, no, you don't get much of an answer out of Ask Jasmine either. But anyway, um, you can hear that. Um, yeah, what have you been up to? Have you been watching anything? 
Uh, I've been watching a few bits and bobs. Last time I spoke, last time I saw you, in fact, not, not long too long ago, I lent you a few films. Um, I wanted to get your spoiler-free, very brief opinion on Baskin, because we haven't had a chance to talk about it. What did you think? Um, Baskin, if you don't know, is a Turkish horror movie, and there's not many Turkish horror movies out there. Um, it, it came from a short film which was made, um, so they extended the script and did made you- a feature. You realise you've seen, didn't you? You realise you've actually seen that short. Yeah, film no, I've seen short. Yeah, we talked about it in the last episode. Um, yeah, yeah, it's absolutely mental. There's no, <laughs> there's a, it starts off with a kind of a structure, but it's just bizarre from the get go. It's just kind of weird. It's like, oh, are these the guys we're rooting for? Okay, cool. You know, and I, I don't, I don't look, <laughs> I don't break things down when I watch them. I'm, I just generally just turn my brain off and watch stuff, and. It just went mental. It really just went completely and utterly crazy. Um, <sighs> it really ramped up, didn't it? It's just suddenly out of nowhere it's, got okay. really pretty crazy. Without spoiling it, it's a film that is about a bunch of cops who are called to a house uh, by some other cops uh, for backup, and they turn up at this house, and this house is pretty creepy after they've had a car accident. Isn't it like an abandoned uh, police station? Oh, that's right. It's an abandoned police station. So, and and, and yeah. it's pretty creepy there. And they go in there and they just um, find stuff in there, and it's just absolutely insane. It really is. Um, and then- I mean, I mean, without spoiling it, because I think the synopsis and the, the, the sort of the poster says something like these cops accidentally stumble into hell. Yeah. Now, whether it's actually hell or, or not, it is pretty fucking hellish. And uh, I did like it. I could. I thought it could have been better because the short film I felt was really strong to the point I was like, oh my god, I have to see this. What is the, what? The, what the hell is this? And really liking it. But then I don't know if. Maybe because the idea is from a short film, which is really good, trying to pull it out into a feature is a little harder. But it still was good, but it was just pretty crazy. Then it just kind of ended, and I don't know. I was just like, wow, okay. Um, so I do recommend it. Um, it is I, pretty out I think there, that director, I think that director is going to be someone to watch out for. Um, I think he'll get, like, handed, like, a an English language script maybe and have a chance to do that yeah totally but do you think yeah yeah absolutely um, um, if he keeps independent because um, sometimes you do find some of these people who make great independent films when they s- step into the realms of bigger budgeted things especially English English language films sometimes there's too much that the creative control is taken away and you know what happens sometimes things don't come out as supposed to then you know but um, yeah yeah hopefully I'm not trying to be negative to it at all absolutely no no not at all it- the director, by the way, is somebody called Cam Ev- Evrenol. Um, I just wanted to say one thing about it for me. It felt like everything, and this is, I don't want to diss Rob Zombie, but it felt like um, Rob Zombie really tries to do that kind of crazy, everything's happening all at once, crazy shit, especially in 31, which we discussed in great detail. And I felt in this film, it happened and did it, and he did it very well. The director did it very well for me. Mm-hmm. Lots of crazy shit going on at the same time. Yeah, good was, movie there guys check it, it out it was mental that. yeah absolutely um, I, watched, I watched another movie that scared the living shit out of me and it's quite a new one um, and I don't know why it scared me so much I think I was just running the right right frame of mind to watch it uh, and that's Lights Out have you seen that one? no but again this is another movie from a short film isn't it? yeah it's a bit of a team a, there, a, 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 a what two minute short film 
yeah, it's like an internet viral video that when I, which was very good, it's very well done. Yes, um, very simple idea. Very, very simple premise, and it works very, very well. And it's almost like why haven't this been done before? Because you know. Um, but yeah, it yeah. works well. So, what's the feature like? Is it okay, or was it it's a bit? Good. It, 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 no, it's good. Um, I gave it six out of ten. Uh, and it scared you, David Samberg. Yes, it really did. That's, actually, that's um, because it's the power of turning lights off and flicking them back on with something honestly, being there, isn't honestly, it? Honestly, yeah, that's all it is, mate. It's not a monster. Well, it is in some respects a monster, but yeah. it's not like an unbelievable thing. It's just like you say, it's a very simple. If I turn off this light, what the fuck is that shape in the corner over there? Yeah, well, it's like paranormal activity, isn't it? With the camera each night as it builds up and you think you're seeing stuff there, which possibly isn't there. So your mind starts doing the scary stuff and playing that for you. So I presume with this, like the lights flicking on and off and you're thinking when it flicks yeah, back on, so something's they... going to be there. But even though it wasn't, it kept building up. Well, they start playing around with flickering bulbs, then strobe lights, then we get black lights. So all the different things affect the, the the thing in different ways. And there is a bit of a backstory, a bit forced, but, you know, they stretched it into a... It's not too long, it's about an hour and 25. Um, the director, though, has now been handed the reins to Annabelle too. So he's doing all oh. right, really, from that show. Did you see Annabelle? No, I haven't seen it. I'm, I don't know if I really want to. Mm. Is it worth it? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I'd be really stoked if they said it. Annabelle it, 2. It's a, it's, a, it's a spin-off of The Conjuring, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I, don't, I don't think so. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, you know, that's you've got to start somewhere, especially in horror. Lots of directors yeah. start with shit sequence. I don't know. I think Lights Out would probably be a strong... Even though I haven't seen it, it would probably be a stronger film than Annabelle 2, though. So, I don't James know if that's Cameron really... started off in shit horror. Yeah, yeah. Piranha 2, but the Piranha 2 has even got its merits um, <laughs> I don't know if it yeah, it's but, almost feels like a step back really but okay right, that's Blumhouse it's, I suppose it's, isn't it it's the door opening to Hollywood though isn't it really you know what I mean it's, it's going to make money I do want to watch Get Out by the way yes I saw the trailer for that uh, you posted it looks pretty weird it started off pretty straightforward and then I really I don't understand what it's about so I really want to see it um, yeah I think it's Jordan Peele um, um do you know Ke- Keenan Pill? Like uh, American I do, yeah, yeah, I do. Um, it's uh, he's a massive, massive horror. There, he's a massive show. horror nerd. Um, so he went to Blumhouse. They made like a comedy film, and he, he just said to me, "Want to make a horror movie?" And he wrote the script, and yeah, did it. So, yeah, Keenan Peel, um, the, the the double act he's part of. They've been handed um, the the rights to make a new Police Academy movie. Oh my god, um, that'd be brilliant. Yeah, so, and they're very funny, they're very current, and they're very clever with their writing. If you've ever caught their shows or their clips, they get shared on Facebook quite a lot. Really funny guys, really, really funny American comedy and duo. Amazingly cinematic, their shorts clips as well. Everything, yeah, everything really well that they produced. do looks like yeah. it's uh, five minutes five minutes out of a film, doesn't it? it yeah, like yeah, like a high-budget movie. movie. It's really impressive, actually. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Get Out, and it's got um, Tea Leaf in it. Do you know a guy from League of Extraordinary Gentlemen? I think it's League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Oh, Those yeah. guys, they, and there's one called Tea Leaf. Oh, you mean the League of Gentlemen? League of Gentlemen, sorry, yeah. I don't know if yeah, it was yeah, in the yeah. League of Gentlemen, but they did another spin-off, didn't they? What was it called? I can't remember. Uh, I know the one you mean. And, and they, he was um, Tea Leaf. He was with the blind guy looking after him, and he called him Tea Leaf. Yeah. Oh, he's in it as well, is he? Cockney rhyme and slang there. Cockney rhyme and slang from um, London. I've been watching uh, Bates Motel, um, season yeah, four. Wow. Banged it out this weekend. Wow. That's really good, man. Really good. Yeah. And I, I'm not going to say anything because, like, some proper, proper heavy spoilers towards the end, if I was. It's proper, like, getting into wrapping up, basically. Proper Norman Bates, yeah. Because yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm on the fifth episode of that season. So what, I'm a what little have, bit behind. 
What I've always liked about it is sometimes the drama, not the horror. I really like the bits when you get Norman, uh, I mean Norma, with um, her other son. What's he called? Uh, the half-son, yeah. Uh, I can't remember his name now, but I know who you mean. Jesus, I can't remember his name. Christ. Um, <laughs> Dylan. Dylan, that's it. Yeah. Uh, I really quite like those bits, and it's just them hanging out and talking, and it's just drama rather than horror. But they're just kind of nice bits. But yeah, it's good. It's good. It's a, you know, it, yeah. I really like the guy that plays the sheriff Romano. Yeah, because he looks he, he looks like he looks like Anthony Perkins, doesn't he? And he was in Lost, and he was a very creepy character in Lost as well. Oh, I He's never saw that. Like, does he wear yeah, Does he wear eyeliners, or is that just naturally well, how his eyes are? I think that's just not showing his eyes up, but people used to say that about him in Lost as well, but I think it's just the way he looks, really. How weird, though, look. isn't it? Yeah, he's got a strange... He's quite a handsome man, but it's just, yeah, it does look like he's wearing eyeliner, I guess. Do you fancy him? One. I think he's very handsome, Gavin. <laughs> very handsome. Um, one other film before I mention a, a TV show that I uh, did just mention that I saw, um, and that is Doctor Strange, which is kind of, you know, it's not horror, but it's Marvel's first venture into the supernatural and sorcery and it's fucking mind-blowing effect just goes to show how far films have come that film the the visuals in it are i've never seen anything like it do you know if kevin smith wasn't grumpy in the mornings when he wakes up you wouldn't have that movie (laughs) tell me more um the writer um used to write for how do you know these facts this is great this, this is on a podcast recently. Um, interviewed him, so I know all this. Um, he used to write for Ain't It Cool News, and um, he was... It's when Kevin Smith had just done Cop Out with Bruce Willis, and he, he just started yeah. saying about Kevin Smith being too much online presence and the fact that if he has too much of an online presence, after a while, people are going to take him seriously because he's in the, in, the, in the zeitgeist all the time. Yeah. So, um, and that was it, he just did an article. Then Kevin Smith came back and woke up one morning a bit grumpy, saw this, then just started dissing him hard on Twitter, and all Kevin Smith's followers started dissing this guy as well. And then he decided to fight back by writing an article, how to how to win a fight with a filmmaker, and it dissed him even further. So, mm. basically, what ended up happening is he... Kevin Smith brought out um, that movie we saw, Red State, and the, he was doing like an online uh, screening at his place. He could go and watch, actually go there. So he said yeah. to um, Ain't It Cool News, um, Harry Knowles, is it? That's it. He said, yeah, uh, big, big hairy guy. Yeah, yeah. He said, um, uh, if you fly me out there, I can actually go to the actual screening. This is like my gonzo piece. Let me do this piece. So Harry Knowles goes, fine, I'll pay for you to go out there. And he goes out there, chats away to him. Um, he, he, he watches the movie then um, at the end of it Kevin Smith's like uh, he goes up and says oh I'm so and so and he goes oh god you're that guy I had a massive go at aren't you he went yeah he goes I'm so sorry and they hugged and blah 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 while he was out in El Las Vegas I think it was while he was there he ended up meet, bumping into um, Derek um, what's he called saying Derek Scott Derrickson the director of yes yeah, yeah. the director of Doctor Strange and he pitched him Sinister which he'd written so ah. so he he said straight away I love the idea that's amazing and they made that and then he said to him I love your writing style do you want to be my writing partner forever and <clears throat> and here we are and here we are with Doctor Strange which is one of the most visually astounding films I've ever seen so if Kevin um, Smith wasn't moody in the mornings you might not have it 
Well, thank you, Kevin Smith, for being a grouchy bastard. <laughs> <laughs> isn't that weird? Uh, it is weird. It is very weird how things turn out, isn't it? But that's that's a chain of events, I guess, isn't it? Indeed. Um, and you liked it, did you? I did, yeah. It was um, very brave of Marvel, obviously. It's, they've been holding back off of stepping into that. But Thor touches on all that kind of that world, but this yeah. really fully embraces mystical, weird shit. And they do it very well with style, with humour, and they tie it into some of the other ones. So again, now you're excited for the next two or three Marvel movies. They've really got me by the balls, Marvel. They love. They've taken. Might as well just give them all my money, really. Yes, you do like them. I'm. I'm going to watch it Christmas along with that new Captain America movie. Um, oh, Civil War. He's yeah, because I'll get around to it. I'm not like you, but I will get around to it. One other thing I wanted to mention before we then get into some Gene Wilder goodness is uh, I started watching the new series of Black Mirror, which... Um, and I've never seen any of British, it. It's a British, very dark science fiction horror, uh, very cleverly written by a guy called Charlie Brooker, for anyone who hasn't seen it. And season one and two, I think, were channel four um, uh, in the UK. He, and he penned Dead Set, didn't he? He did, and there's only three episodes per, per season, and then there's a Christmas special, they, which they're quite got long a lot episodes, of interest. Aren't they? They're about an hour, they're 45 minutes to an hour. Each one's like a mini film, and they're very clever and so scary in that they really make you think about the world we live in, the technology that we're using, because they're just only a touch above the technology we're using in some of these films. You only have to stretch your imagination a tiny bit. Um, I'm watching the new series, which Netflix now fucking own everything. Good on them as well. And uh, this this series has got very big Hollywood directors directing every episode and some quite big celebs in each episode as well. I'm watching it with Alice and she, she's quite enjoying it. We've only watched the first three episodes of, of six so far. And episode two, directed by Dan, Dan Trachtenberg, who did the uh, Cloverfield, 10 Cloverfield Lane. Yep. And it stars somebody called Wyatt Russell, who is... No, none other than Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn's son. Oh, cool. What's he like? And he is fucking brilliant in it. He is like a young... He looks like his dad, basically. Like, you can see his dad in his mannerisms oh, and... I'm just thinking, what if you got a movie, you what, movie one day of like all these people, like, you get Scott Eastwood as well and all these, sort of, all these major actors' oh, sons all in a movie. How like, good would that be? Expendables Jr. <laughs> But uh, this episode that he happens to be in as well, it's an episode called Playtest. And I'm not obviously not going to spoil it at all, but it's about... Um, it's a, basically a straight-up horror episode. Uh, he's locked in a scary mansion. It's to do with video games. There's an homage to The Thing in it for his dad, a very big homage to The Thing in it. And he's got a big beard in it, and he's brilliant. And it's funny and scary. Alice had to come and... She was sitting on a different chair for me. She had to come and sit with me about 10 minutes into it because she was too scared brilliant check it out if you're going to watch any episode from 6 I'm from 6 episode 2 well I'm possibly going to start Christmas with the Christmas special because I heard that is quite good so I yeah, might start with that you don't have to that. watch any other they're not related they're all individual stories so you can watch you can watch episode 3 and then you can go to season 1 then you can do the new season it doesn't really matter you can do what you like though. they're well, maybe, watch them all. maybe I'll, be, maybe I'll start with that one that you were just talking about um, maybe I'll give that a go first yeah they're all on Netflix now, and I really recommend it. And Wyatt Russell, I'm surprised I've not really heard of him or seen of him before, really. He's awesome. Really good. Brilliant. Good episode as well. A very scary episode. 
so yeah, I just wanted to mention that as well. Right, well, let's get into our proper episode, shall we? Mr. Gene Let's Wilder. get wilder. Let's get wilder. Dan and Gav go wilder. wilder. It's like, an, like a late 80s porn video, isn't it? Oh, sounds terrible. I wouldn't watch it. What, Gavin, Dan, go wilder? Yeah. It's like the sequel, isn't it? Because the first one, they went wild. This time, Gavin, Dan, wilder. get wilder. Brilliant. Oh, God. Right, okay, cool. Um, Gene Wilder. Let's come back in a minute, and we're, you, you briefly want to talk about Gene Wilder, don't you? Then we're going to jump into the flick. So we'll be back again just in a second. Looking for something different in your podcast library? Then why not check out the podcast Under the Stairs? I'm the host, Duncan McLeish, and joining me each week will be a special guest as we examine some classic, old-school horror favourites, as well as some modern classics. That's not to say that we don't tackle some of the, let's say, more questionable entries into the horror genre. And if all that wasn't enough, we have a subset of shows called Baz V Horror, where our horror novice, The Baz, tackles horror in all shapes and forms to see who will come out victorious. So what are you waiting for? The show can be found at podcastunderthestairs.wordpress.com and on Stitcher and iTunes. The podcast Under the Stairs is a proud member of Legion Podcast Network. This is Duncan McLeish from Under the Stairs, signing off. Welcome back. So, it's our Gene Wilder special. Uh, we're going to be looking at Haunted Honeymoon and Young Frankenstein. Um, it's a bit of an odd one for, for us because it's not strictly horror and it's not somebody that we know a huge amount about, but obviously he did sadly pass away uh, this year. So, we just, we you know, we said, oh, we should really definitely do those two movies and they're both horror related um just a quick recap then about mr wilder he was actually born jerome silberman so he changed his name completely for stage he was born in uh, milwaukee um or milwaukee if you want to say it correctly uh he his father was a russian jewish immigrant uh, his mother is of russian jewish descent so he's russian jew um he was offered a small role in an off-broadway production when he was younger of roots and basically got into films in the 60s. He's very, very well known for teaming up with um, either Mel Brooks or, as a lot of people know, uh, Richard Pryor. They've been in a lot of comedy movies Some together. Great films. Very, very good. Uh, perhaps not so PC these days. Um, a, a lot of the films he's been in uh, with some of the, the jokes in them. Still, but, fun, um, still fun to watch, though, man. Still fun to watch. Yeah, I think it's probably his most famous role was probably in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, which every kid knows that movie. And I'm not talking the piece of shit that came out with Donny, Johnny Depp and it recently. Next month, I'm off to London, the West End, to watch the actual stage play of Charlie and Chocolate Factory. Oh, really? Yeah, that's, that's awesome. That's been incredible, yeah. Continue. Is, is, there anyone, is there anybody famous in it? I have no idea. I've not even looked into it. I don't know. Okay, um, it's not a huge amount to say because his, his career speaks for itself. He's a very well loved, funny guy. Apparently, he's a really nice guy as well. Although he acts like an absolute lunatic in every film he's in, he's got a real like unhinged. He's kind of like the original Adam Sandler. Do you know what I mean? Adam Sandler likes to shout sometimes, and but the, the way that Jim Wilder does it, I just kind of think he's great. I don't get annoyed with him like I do with Adam Sandler. His, his reflections um, and the way he says stuff is really good. Really good, yeah. But we we will get onto that when we talk about it. Yeah, he's always got that, uh, almost like a Christopher Walken, like his own way. Yeah, of very speaking, sort of slow, sort like, of stutter his words, not stutter his words, he sort of pauses words and put gaps in there and stuff. It's it's really nice. It, it's like he's it's like he's daydreaming or he's talking to himself. 
Um, well, he's always he's thinking married. when he's trying to speak, sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, he's like he's thinking out loud. Yeah, he's married four times. Unfortunately, two of his wives passed away, and we're going to talk about one of those um, when we come to the he's film that she times. was in with him. I didn't know that. Four times. Yeah, divorced twice, and two of his wives died. Unfortunately. Um, his trademark, top five trademarks, if you're interested, are soft, mellow voice, which we've covered, curly brown hair and blue eyes, which, yeah, his hair is definitely curly, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, and the fact that he often works with uh, Richard Pryor and Mel Brooks. Oh, okay. uh, and he plays highly eccentric and likeable characters, which I would agree with. So, That's some of the films, cool. that his most notable films, I would say, are Blazing Saddles, which is very funny. Uh, directed by uh, what's his chops? Mel um, Brooks. It was uh, uh, Mel Brooks. Yes. Uh, again, some rather NPC jokes in that, but uh, it's the way it is, I guess. Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, as I've mentioned, probably my favourite role of his in some ways. In that, he's, he's a lunatic. How good is he in that movie, he's... though? Acting's brilliant in that film. Why is he in charge of this chocolate factory? He's not... And he's inviting these kids. He's a lunatic. He is. He's scary. I was a bit scared of him when I was a kid when I watched that, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, um, Young Frankenstein. House on Haunted, Hon- uh, House on Haunted Honeymoon, I was going to say. <laughs> I don't know what that is. <laughs> Haunted Honeymoon. Um, it's probably not one of his most known films. But he directed it. He also started it. Stir Crazy. Yeah, he did indeed, yeah. yeah. He also started Stir Crazy with Richard Pryor, Silver Streak with Richard Pryor. So we've seen and we will hear no evil with Richard Pryor. He did a couple of episodes of uh, Sesame Street, which I'll have to YouTube at some point. Fuzzy Wuzzy was a woman. Maybe I don't know. Is that is that true? See no evil, hear no evil. Fuzzy Wuzzy was a woman. Oh right, okay. Sorry, I thought you were talking about Sesame Street. Then I was no, no, confused. No. Uh, and apparently he did a couple of episodes of Will and Grace. Good for him. The last, uh, the last thing he did was a uh, uh, Yo Gabba Gabba episode, wasn't it? Yeah, I don't know what Yo Gabba Gabba is. Yo know? Gabba Gabba is this mental American program uh, for kids program, and it sometimes has um, uh, what's he called on it? A rapper, MC Hammer. Does a lot of beatboxing, real eighties beatboxing. Oh, Bismarcky. Bismarcky. Yeah, Bismarcky's on there a lot. Yeah. Really? That's yeah. pretty cool. It's crazy, crazy, crazy show. You should check it out, yeah. Ah, so as we said, unfortunately, he, uh, Gene did pass away this year. He was 83. Um, very sad. 83, really is, 83 is respectable and he did, he did entertain yeah, the world. Yeah, he did indeed. And that's why we want to talk about these two films. Indeed. Um first film we're going to talk about is Haunted Honeymoon so um, should we get out of here and come back after the trailer yeah let's do it Cool. it should have been the happiest moment of their lives the night they came home to be married at the house of great aunt Kate but it turned into a haunted honeymoon Is a werewolf. Oh, 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 Someone or something is trying to scare them to death. Now, if anything frightens you, anything at all, you just holler. Holy baloney, here we go 
again. I just found Cousin Francis in my bed. Was he wearing a dress? Yes, he was. Just ask him to leave, sir. Tell him you have a headache. Whatever happens... Who knows if any of us shall ever see the morning. They have to be ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready! One, two! Beat it while you're still healthy. You do the rock with style and grace. Yes, sir! It's the biggest thrill of my life. You put your love out. You'd think this would frighten me. And bring it back. It's not what you think. And that's what we call the jack. Well, it's partly what you think, but wait! Oh, wait. Starring Gene. Whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, whoa. Wilder, Gilda Radner, Larry. Oh, this thing's pinching my butt. And Don DeLuise in his most demanding role. Oh, it's so complicated. Haunted Honeymoon. Haunted Honeymoon from 1986. Larry Abbott, speak it in the radio horror shows of Manhattan Mystery Theatre, wants to marry. For the marriage, he takes his fiancé... Fiancé? Fiancé? Home to the castle where he grew up among his eccentric relatives. His uncle decides that he needs to be cured from a neurotic speech defect and exaggerated bursts of fear. He gives him a shock therapy with palace ghosts. That's not very, I don't like that synopsis, but shit, really. It's a bit wordy. Isn't it is a it? bit, isn't it? Um, but basically, he thinks he can scare him to death. Yeah, he can scare him sane, basically. I, I love that guy. Who, who's that? Is his, um, it's his uncle, is it? Yeah, his uncle. Yeah, is it uncle? He's the yeah, guy. Uh, have you seen Pieces, that 70s horror movie? Yeah. He's the crazy yeah, gardener in it with the shears. He's very um, commanding, like, yeah, isn't he? It's like the only things he's done. I, I love the bit when it has the castle in his forehead when he's talking about what he's going to do. <laughs> it's pretty out there film. It's uh, I really like it because I watched it a lot when I was a kid. Yeah, uh, so did I. Uh, absolutely. It was one of those films. How do you? Yeah. How? How? This wasn't. This wasn't. It didn't come across too well with uh, critics and audience when it first came out, though. But I can understand why, because it's a real... It came out in the 80s, but this was like a real sort of throwback to the RKO, old radio play-type um, Val Luton-type horror movie-type things, you know? Yeah, and also, like, we, we've we talked about uh, Off-Air. Uh, it's kind of got that mystery uh, house, like, clue... And those kind of films, yeah. it's got that element to it. Yeah, very fun. They, I bet they had a lot of fun making this. Absolutely, and it's yeah. it's really good fun. It's I love like the fact a, you've got Dom DeLuise as a as a woman in it. Yeah, Auntie Kate. Um, he, me, me and my sister would watch this a lot as kids, and we would imitate Aunt Kate all the time. We think we thought she was great. One of you. Um, I also like the- is a werewolf. <laughs> It's out of the blue. They're just sat up and dinner and she's ding, ding, ding. I know that one of you's a werewolf. I know that one of you's a werewolf. What the fuck? Um, I also really like the butler, Fister. <laughs> Fister? I know it, it's it's with a P. P-F-I-S-T-E-R, but they, it's just called Fister. It's like, oh, God, how many gags are we going to get out of this? But anyway. Yeah. 
so it's it's a it's, it's a good movie um it is. gilda radner we should probably mention um who died fortunately three years after making this film gene wilder's um, real life wife who yeah, unfortunately actually, also had a miscarriage on set as well so i know it's pretty for such a fun film quite sad two sad things relating to it probably for gene wilder himself he probably would have remembered this film you know, there's a couple of sad things happening in it. Indeed, indeed. Uh, it's a shame because it's his directional debut as well. So imagine that he's like directing his yeah. wife and she's just had a miscarriage and like, how hard would that be? But you've got to carry on doing your thing, you know? Yeah, it's pretty sad as well. It's got Jonathan Price in it as well um, British as actors, his cousin. Yeah. Yeah, and he he's pretty fun in it as well. Just everybody really enjoying themselves. Uh, really hamming it up. To me, feels like a bit of a play. It's like they're, they're doing a play, isn't it? Well, that's what it is, essentially, isn't it? Because uh, obviously yeah. we're going to spoil this as we do these movies because we talk in detail. But um, it, well, we'll just get on to it. Well we, well, we start up with some laughing and a stabbed transvestite. <laughs> we do end up with a stabbed transvestite. Hanging At the out beginning the of the movie. This is not what you think it is. Well, maybe it, it is. It kind of is. <laughs> uh, and then, then we see a werewolf as well, which is a great start to any film. A stabbed transvestite and a werewolf. And what you hear, oh! And it cuts to Gene Wilder and it's that real classic which is a nice throwback I was trying to explain to Jasmine because um, we sat there watching it well we sat there watching half of it but that would be in the Ask Jasmine segment um, and I was trying to explain <laughs> to her that people used to sit around their radios and the radio plays were a very big thing and you'd have actors and the sound effects and stuff and it's really really interesting to see how it's how they're doing it um, I, I really always love this opening yeah, it's all the foley, isn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah, the, 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 sound the thunder. And the thunder yeah. and the werewolves and the rain and everything like that. Like there's one bit where she she's pouring out a drink and the guy's going <laughs> for like the noise of the the glass and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, it's really good fun and, and it kind of sets up like, you know, he's this quite famous radio play actor. Uh, and he's getting married. They're, they're both getting well. They're getting married to each other. Well, there's a lot of press there, so they're they're quite famous at the time. Back in the day, these were yeah, these were before movie stars, essentially, weren't they? They were, you know. Um, yeah. So you got Larry Abbott. So Jean's Larry, and his his missus in real life, and in this, his fiance is Vicky. So Larry and Vicky are doing their radio show. Um, and Larry has a problem saying "woos," doesn't he? Woo, 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 woo. <laughs> he does indeed he can't say his w's very well can't which apparently w's. is a sign sign of being a werewolf apparently we find out it is would uh, you like one or wouldn't you i woo i woo 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 <laughs> and yeah um so but straight away he starts going a little bit more as soon as he hears the thunder machine he starts to freak out a little bit and he starts to have to undo his undo his tie a little bit yeah, he's got. He's basically. We find out he's got a bit of a haunted past, and he's got um, some. He's definitely got some problems going on. And the people, the producers of the show, are just like, "What's going on? Is this? Is this? Is this scripted?" Well, you know, Larry, he likes to sort of freestyle stuff. You know, let's just go with it. And it's just like, oh, okay. Yeah, and then we get the title of the play that they're doing, which is "Haunted Honeymoon," which is pretty cool. Yeah, um, that comes up. By the way, on a side note, I'm guessing that Larry Abbott is a tribute to Abbott and Costello or something like. I don't know. Maybe they named him that after that. No, no, like Larry Abbott. I'd say it's more like um, um, uh, the, the Wolfman. Um, what did he play? What did um, what's the Wolfman character's name? The Wolfman. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, oh, Lon, Lon, Ch- Lon, Lon Chaney Jr.'s character. Um, uh, Tal- Talbot, wasn't it? Talbot. Oh, okay, right. Okay. I thought it was possibly well, something there's, there's like that. There's definitely some kind of a tribute I feel in that name. Yeah, definitely. Um, so um, straight away we get that is my toy on straight gag. Um, where Gene Wilder, well, this guy's name, where Larry just starts to, uh, when he freaks out a little bit, he has to ask people if his toys on the straight. Um, yeah. which I love that bit. Um, but then you get a thing saying, someone sort of saying, um, um, this is haunted honeymoon, and it looks straight into the camera. And I've always liked that bit when you sort of you break that fourth wall, and it happens in this movie a couple of times actually. Yeah, it's very good. It's because you, good it's because essentially you've got a radio play going on, but it's a movie, but. Is it a radio play? Is it a movie? What's going on, sort of thing, you know? This would make a, a, a gay. This would make a great stage production, actually. I'd quite like to see them. Someone do a stage production of this. I think that'd be quite good fun. Yeah, it'd be done. You could do. There's a lot of set pieces in it, though, unfortunately. But yeah, but I'm sure you could simplify it and break it down. It'd be fun, man. It'd, I reckon. It'd it'd I'll tell you what would be nice is actually listen to it as a radio play. Yeah, yeah, maybe that would work. Yeah. Well, maybe I'll just uh, watch it and shut my eyes and when next time I watch it and see what that sounds like. So, well, Larry- Uncle Paul turns up, doesn't he? <coughs> Excuse me. Um, yes. Oh, so, dear. Larry's freaking out a little bit, and um, when the producers are sort of discussing it, going, "What's what's going on? Why is he sort of freaking out a bit?" This is at the point when his um, his uncle comes in and sort of explains. They say, "Who the hell are you? Oh, I'm his uncle, the great famous psychiatrist, and I know how to fix him. And basically, I'm going to fix him." Um, because uh, I'm going to try and scare him to death this weekend when he gets yeah. married at Aunt Kate's big, massive mansion. Essentially, he says we need to scare him to cure him, and he says we're going to take him to a lonely estate miles from anywhere, um, and we're going to cure him in 36 hours. I don't know why they've got to do it in 36 hours. I know, he's Maybe very, he's very, he's, he's very get married in 36 hours. He's very direct with 36 hours, isn't he? You know so. so we travel up to this huge mansion, which. Um, which Larry's never told Vicky is in his family at all. She's like, "Why? What is this? It's absolutely huge!" And it's a great set, a great location. That's oh, a lovely, amazing. lovely mansion. There's thunder and lightning all the way up there, and it's a very clue. Um, the way they turn up with all the rain and the thunder and stuff, it's very much like Clue at this point. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. Uh, Apparently, Aunt Kate's always thinking that someone's trying to kill her, and the she only person someone in the family, in the family she trusts, her. yeah, yeah. So the only person in the family that she trusts is Larry. He explains all this in the car. So she changes um, her will to basically, if she dies, Larry gets everything. But if Larry's mm. to die, it's going to be split between the family. Yeah. So while he's explaining this, because by this point they've got into the the mansion, and while he's explaining this, the werewolf. Oh, no, sorry. The werewolf is... How does the werewolf listen? Somehow the werewolf hears what they're saying, doesn't he? Is it the window? Oh, that's right. Is it the window listening? That's it's not right, double right. glazing back in the day. They've no, only just got, got electricity, which she thinks is a work of the devil. Now, when they get to the mansion, this is where they first meet Fister. Fister comes to the door. <laughs> <laughs> he's pretty freaky, actually, isn't he? He's, he's massive eyebrows. He's hilarious, though. He he, is he's really, so funny. He's really good at ke- keeping a straight face. He's awesome at... He, like the bit where he thinks she's deaf and he's like he's like shouting at her like follow me <laughs> no no it's, it's earlier on than that when um uh when he says who are you and she says are you kidding and he says come in mr kidding 
<laughs> and um, also, he doesn't recognise Larry. And then later on, he's like, Master Larry, when, when did, did you, you arrive? arrive? Like, well, uh, well, like you're saying, like you're saying the earlier bit, um, they're walking up the stairs and he's got a luggage. And so Larry's sort of saying to Vicky, like, oh, he, he's a little bit deaf. It comes and goes. And all of a sudden, Fister hears this. So he says, what? What's going on? He says, oh, my fiance, she's a little bit deaf. It comes and goes, eh? Okay. This way, <laughs> miss! <laughs> he really, he like screams in her face. And all the time. Sense, Every he? time it's just normal and then all of a sudden he just screams in her face when he's just, it's just, it's cheap gag, but it works, you know. It kind of reminds me of um, what uh, they were doing up at the Naked Gun movies and, and stuff like absolutely, that. Like absolutely, absolutely. It's, it's slapstick uh, uh, verbal humour, isn't it, really? It is, and, and the thing is, we're we're in we're in a setting that you and I and our listeners love, which is that kind of horror setting. But we're throwing all these jokes into it as well, which is great. It's lighting so like, in the mood, I, isn't it? Um, so yeah, you got different you got different guests who keep appearing, um, like yeah, like well, Clue, because um, it is essentially like a murder mystery. Um, and the next one that turns up is a magician, Montego. Yeah, Montego. Yeah. He's got glowing eyes, doesn't glowing he? Glowing eyes and a, a cane that sort of floats around. He scares, he scares sister, Fister's wife, who... Fister's wife really does not like Fister. I like, my I sister like, thought he was a vampire when we were kids because his eyes glue. Glow, glued, okay. Glowed? Glued? Glued. He glued his eyes shut. No, that's me. Um... So yeah, magician turns up. Yeah, and basically, so all they, the family start writing. Well, they say is, is Larry here? Is my yeah? He's upstairs. Okay, fine. And they sort of nod to each other because we kind of know that they're trying to do this thing and they're all kind of involved. We don't know this yeah, completely, the, but we do. The only person that doesn't really know, which we find out in a moment, is Vicky because they couldn't risk telling her because she'd probably slip up and give it away. So everybody else is there to scare Larry. Yeah. Um, so Larry gets given his old room. Uh, and he goes up to his old room, and while he's going up to that, someone's playing uh, the Big Bad Wolf on the piano, aren't they? Yeah, that, that that tune comes up quite a few times, and it gets whistled a little bit as well. It's pretty cool. It is quite cool. Um, um, while he, while he's unpacking uh, his stuff, he sees a snake. <laughs> I love this bit. So he sees a snake, and he's screaming and screaming and screaming, and they run in the room. And he's up on a moose head. Sat, <laughs> he's sat up on the moose's head, and they're like, this is not a snake. What is it? It's just like a tie or something isn't it don't move there's a snake in that drawer <laughs> and and the, uh, and then the moose just falls down it's just great humor you don't even see it fall down but it is he's he's so manic like this is what i love about gene wilder he sat up on that moose he's like don't move it's like really <laughs> really saying it like he's literally there's a snake in the drawer which there isn't so they're like well he's he's obviously going a bit nuts here um, we see a weird shot of the Wolfman climbing up the outside of the mansion, don't we? We do, we do. Then we go back so, to Monte. So, so, well, yes. Um, where is he going when he comes to what? Was he just like spying on stuff? Well, yeah, he's just climbing around. It's so confusing at this point if you hadn't seen the film because all we know is is that there's this, this big family. They're all there to scare Larry. And a werewolf. He doesn't know that. A werewolf is spying on them all, which is pretty freaky, really. And it's pretty decent looking Wolfman. You cut to uh, the various uh, guests that have arrived. You've got a couple other people. His brother turns up and a few other sort of people. Um, and Montego's talking about how much money he made and how well he's doing. He's a very famous magician. He's in the papers and how much money he lost in gambling. But then there's a really nice editing bit here where he kisses his wife 
And then the background turns and it dissolves straight into the ballroom scene. And it's such brilliance. It's amazing filmmaking. Absolutely. I applauded that completely. Do you know the bit I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, Transition to the ballroom is incredible. quite a lot in this, actually. There's quite a lot of good... When you start noticing that kind of stuff, you know you're watching a well, a very well. There's a lot of love in a film that's got that. When they any transition really, and the way we go between scenes, the way they cut between scenes, it's all done very nicely. It's a good director, actually. I, I still don't really know how they did that, to be honest. Um, it's very, very impressive. Um, yeah. Uh, so in the ballroom, um, then Aunt Kate turns up. What of you is a werewolf? So, so here we go. This is Dom, Dom DeLuise. <laughs> fucking hilarious. Dom DeLuise, who, who I have been obsessed with since the first Cannibal Run movie. Exactly. He is such a funny guy. Uh, worked with Burt Reynolds a couple of times. Uh, and he is just phenomenal in this. He won um, a Razzie, I think. Is that what they call it? Yeah, the, yeah. The for the Awards. worst female actor. The, well, no, worst, yeah, worst actress. Yeah, you're right. Um, but I think he's brilliant in this. And he's so very eccentric. He slides down the banister. That's hilarious. So he slides down the banister. He's wearing a dress and a wig. And he says that line, like, I know that one of you is wearing Yeah, at dinner table, he says all that stuff. And, they, and yeah, so they have dinner. Then they have. Shocking, you know, he just says that. And they're all like, what? Yeah, completely. They're still getting to know each other and what's going on. Then they have coffee. Um, afterwards then then the lights go out and there's a power cut so they all decide let's retire and go to bed and at this point this is where jasmine couldn't take it anymore and found it too scary <laughs> okay um it's all light, lightning and stuff and it was quite dark in in the tone of it, it all of a sudden it changed okay. and this is like the midpoint of the movie and i, I kind of dig this point really this is a bit where i was like nice we're getting into more of the horror realm well, let me see the werewolf sort of escaping through a little passageway in the basement that he pulls like a lever and the sink rotates. Yeah, and yeah, well, like the wine it. cellar is where Fister um, likes to hang out and get drunk away from his wife. <laughs> Mrs. Fister. Oh, God. Mrs. Fister. <laughs> um, then we get this random dance number. Is he Mr. Fister? Uh, he's Mr. Fister. Brilliant. That's my new album. <laughs> So, so that's my new MC name. Um, so we get this dance number where Aunt Kate bonds with Vicky. Um, oh, what, before they go up to bed? Yeah, like, okay. Yeah, they do this random dance routine. It's brilliant. I love it. I don't. It doesn't make any sense. But it's it's weird. Him. More of Amontigo's glowing eyes, more of the werewolf watching them. And then Francis Jr. is missing. And they talk about um, how... Uh, he often would wear drag uh, and he does a brilliant impression of Aunt Kate. So this is where this ties into what we saw at the beginning. I assume that is Francis Jr. who got stabbed at the beginning. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there's lots of people whispering in the dark. They're all having a bit of a meeting. So essentially he was trying uh, to kill Aunt Kate to kill her to get the money. But then it's the, the, then the wheel got changed and now it had to be the case that they had to kill Larry. Hmm. Now, someone finds the Wolfman mask at this point, don't they? Yeah. Which then you're like, well, hang on a minute. So it's not an actual werewolf. It's somebody. Well, no, not yet. Around. No, no, not yet. Because you've got the. We got we get to find out that the werewolf is actually a hired killer in the werewolf mask, and he's saying to someone who yeah. we don't know off screen, "Look, if, oh, that's look right. I've Shadowy been paid. Person. I've killed someone. It's getting too risky. You're going to pay me up." 
and that's the way it is. I killed someone. It's not my fault that it was in drag. Uh, you know, I did the job. You pay me. At that point, the hired killer gets killed. What I found spooky for some reason about this is that he's wearing a werewolf mask and he's like having a cigarette. Do you know what I mean? I don't know what that was for me, but it was like it made it seem more real that a werewolf was having a cigarette. Larry, Larry, cut to Larry, and he's, he decides to um, go to bed and there's a body in bed with him. And he seems to think it's Vicky. Now, they've got separate rooms because this is before, you know, you couldn't sleep in the same room if you weren't married, you know. And he sort of says, yeah. oh... Hey, darling, you've uh, got into he bed says, with me, he says, he? he says, you did it, didn't you, you sly dog? You got into bed with me. Do you want to play Donald? <laughs> and he starts doing Donald Duck impressions while he's touching her up. Yeah, because they, they, were, they were doing that earlier, weren't they? Because she was doing shadow puppets of Donald Duck earlier. Yeah, and then, then there was a bit which happened, which I remember as a kid watching this, because obviously I watched it around the 80s, and there's a bit where I felt like there's almost a Crocodile Dundee moment where his hands are moving downwards and all of a sudden he freezes and he says something, but he says, oh, oh no, wait, I was like, literally, he's not going to do Croc Dundee, is he? And say, hang on, you've got a penis. But he, he, he says, oh, you're cold, cold as ice. And then he looks at him and it's basically his um, cousin Francis, isn't it? Yeah, and he's been rubbing it up and sort of lying on it and snuggling into it and it's a dead body. Um, now, while he's doing that, Vicky has been told of the plan outside. So Uncle Paul has now told her. So she, now she's in on it as well. Um, well, and and Larry runs out of the room into Fister, bumps into Fister and says, Cousin Francis is in my room. Um, and oh no, before he says that, he says, there's a cold dead body in my bed next to me. And he says, I have that every night, sir. Some warm brandy helps. <laughs> <laughs> and he says, no, it's Cousin Francis. Well, tell him to leave. Say you've got a headache, sir. <laughs> like it's just normal. <laughs> Your cousin's getting in your bed with you. It's all good. Um, so he goes back to bed, but the body's not there because Fister goes to investigate and there's nothing there. And he goes to back to bed. Then this point here, some brilliant practical effects. Now, Gene Wilder wanted uh, practical effects in this, which cut the cost down of the movie, but he wanted practical. He didn't want to go CGI or anything, which I'm so glad because it was the 80s and it just wouldn't hold up now. But this is where you get the guy walking down the wall. This is so freaky. How when good I was a is kid, this bit? This and then so he starts touching his mouth and putting his finger in the nostrils. He wakes up and he's like... He sees this creature that looks a bit like a Quasimodo face crossed with like Frankenstein's monster. And he says, well, I'm going to pretend this isn't there because if I acknowledge it, then it's real. Uh, I'm going to put my hands out and touch it. And he starts squidging its face, doesn't he? And yeah. it makes like squidgy noises when he's touching its face. It's pretty horrible and pretty weird as well. Um, he um, freaks also, out. Oh, yeah, go on. That, is that a practical effect, are you saying? It's all practical, so um, they would have, um, well, they would have had, they would have must have made the set uh, a wall set and filmed it like that with the camera, then just having the film camera completely locked off and static, they would have been able to cut, basically, to divide between the both, but it is really fucking impressive, Um, yeah, it's really impressive for the time, and yeah, holds up, I think, very much so. 
Uh, he sees a ghost lady out of the window at this point then. He gets out of bed. Yeah, and he freaks out and just runs off down the hallway and his hands are moving and everything looks really sort of creepy and stuff like this. And at this point, it would turn into quite a spooky horror movie. So, you know, I can, I can understand why. I'm, well, I'm quite glad that Jazz almost didn't watch this bit because uh, even though it's a PG, it does get really creepy, you know? Um, yeah, because he runs out in the forest and it's the smoke and then we get a hand comes out hand the ground. coming out the ground, grabbing his throat and stuff like a zombie. And then, and the hell's going he slides, on in this movie? He goes down and he slides down into the cellar then, doesn't he? To like a passageway. And and um, his dead cousin is in there. And then all of a sudden he hears coughing and it's Fister. Yeah, so he lands in the coal box and uh, the, the body's in the coal box. Yeah. And he's in the coal box too, but the legs are hanging over, aren't they? Um, so it's the bit with the legs. Yeah, it's the bit with the legs. So Fister's... Uh, where does he attack Larry? I can't remember why he Fister Because he thinks he's Larry. killed his cousin. <laughs> That's right. Fister's wasted. He's so drunk down there. So he knocks <laughs> he Fister out. He's down there drinking whiskey. Well, at this point, we've got to mention there's a, a, a kind of a side story going on, a little, not a plot, but a little bit of a side story where there's a couple of cops have seen in the distance at this mansion thundering lightning. Well, they've seen lightning going on. It's like, well, why is there lightning over there? We'd better investigate this. So they, they go to investigate, and they go to the house, they're in the kitchen having a cup of tea, then they hear screaming, and it's basically um, Fister and Larry downstairs in the setup. So Larry tries to calm him down and ends up knocking him out of a bit of wood and sits on top of him with his legs, doesn't he? Now, this is this just highlights the comedic genius of Gene Wilder, well, really, with watching, the legs. Well, the next movie we're doing, Young Frankenstein, watching that last night for my first time, this gags in Young Frankenstein, isn't it? It is indeed, it is indeed. And yeah. I was, with, I, was so, I so dig the fact that he'd used it again like 10, 15 years later for this movie. I was like, yeah, fair play, man. It's a good yeah, gag. Yeah. And, and i got to say, it's yeah, better yeah. in Haunted Honeymoon with the legs. It works so much better. And he sort of sits there crossing the legs and switching them around and scratching them. And But when, it, when they jump up in the end, he's like, oh, I'm really excited about that. <laughs> and he puts them back down. It's just it's just slapstick humour, but it works so well. And the cops leave him. They they say, "Okay, fine. You're you're just working on a play that uh, you know you murderer." No, that's not very good. Intro. <laughs> you murderer and, and all this stuff. And it's like, okay, cool. We we'll leave you to it. So doesn't he, doesn't he like autograph something for them or something? I can't remember now. No, that's later on when they're dancing. They, all right, okay, yeah, because they've heard of him, haven't they? That's how he gets rid of them as well, because they're fans. One of them's a fan of him. Yeah, because like yeah. I said, these are famous guys back in the day. This is what you get with these. It wasn't movie stars. Well, we were movie stars, but radio stars were famous people. So um, he um, he gets away from Fister. It's a poor Fister. He's still sort of knocked out, and he goes to investigate. And when he goes back upstairs to investigate, he discovers all these little tricks and boxes and things. Like he steps on a thing, and basically lightning goes off, and he freaks out. And he's like, "Oh no, it's because I'm stepping on this box." So he starts to realise that people are playing tricks on him. You know? Yeah, it's kind of like that Truman Show moment where he realises actually none of this is actually is is any of this real. Um, and lo and behold, we do cut to Vicky floating outside the window. She's actually on cables, isn't she? Oh, before actually, before before this, in the cellar, he has a fight with the werewolf. Oh, God, yeah, the werewolf attacks him. And he has a werewolf, a fight with a werewolf, which we know now is not the original werewolf, but someone else. But he yeah. manages to get away... Um, 
Yeah, that's when the cops do come down. Oh, no, no, it's afterwards. No, that's right, yeah, that's right. Yeah, no, that's after the cops leave, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because the cops, I, I thought, oh, the cops wouldn't have come back down because they still think he's doing the radio play. So he's kind of like, unfortunately, he's ditched himself up by saying he's doing that. Yeah, because they're not going to believe anything. So there. then he goes outside, finds all this stuff, knows there's a trick being played on him and stuff. So then he needs to find Vicky, his fiance. He's mad in love with her. He wants to find out what's going on. Well, where is she? Uh, he, he also finds the mask, doesn't he, when he finds all the tricks? The mask of the guy that was on the wall? Yeah, so he knows it's, he's, no, he's been like set up. Yeah, uh, fake hands, then, sound effects. Then all of a sudden Fister's there, and he's going to bury the bodies. And so, what, Fister woke up and found found the uh, cousin, and he's just going to go and bury the cousin? Why, why is he burying the cousin? Because he's drunk. I guess. Then there's <laughs> another body there. And he says, what do you mean another body? He goes, well, there's another body there, and he's going to bury that body too. So and that the, was the original werewolf, wasn't it? That yeah, it was the original werewolf. Mask. Yeah, so there's two dead this, bodies this, now. This scene now is, is just more, well, more like a bit like the leg joke again. It is. The cops are still looking around at stuff, what's going on in the mansion. They go outside, they look around, and they find these two. So they have to quickly pretend that they're dancing with these guys, and uh, these girls, and they're wasted, and he's, like, kissing. <laughs> so Gene Wilder's dancing with one of the dead bodies, yeah. and Fister's got the other guy leaning on him while and he's that, playing the accordion. Well, he's got his arm tied to his arm, so, <laughs> so the guy looks like he's drinking while he's playing the accordion. Love, is oh, yeah, yeah. that's it. Every time he does that, he looks like he's having another drink. Drinking while well, he drink. plays the accordion really badly. It's it's just he's like, oh, he's, he's it's had such too much great humour. It's brilliant. He's had too much to drink, this guy. Don't worry about it. You have to like, yeah, we're just dancing in the moonlight. It's a beautiful night for it. If you've not seen Haunted Honeymoon, I do recommend watching it, and you've got to see that bit just because it's so funny. It really is. Doesn't one of the cops? Doesn't one of the cops say, oh, these theatrical types, man, they love going out and doing crazy stuff like dancing in the moonlight. And the music it, abruptly it, stops when they say... Sorry, continue. No, no, that's it. No, no. And the music abruptly stops when he says, can we have an autograph? And he has to try and sign oh, that's it. Yeah, oh, it's amazing. And he shows his wife, oh, this is the lovely Vicky, and shows his dead transvestite. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right, because it's a trans- he's a transvestite as well, isn't he? I forgot about that. Um... Uh, Larry has a flashback now. Well, Larry gets buried alive. How did that happen? Uh, does he get hit on the head? I think he gets the hit on the head of a shovel and gets buried alive. And this is when he has a flashback to, like, pretty gnarly, basically, when he was a little boy at his mum's wedding. Um, uh, he's probably, like, seven. And his mum's getting married, and then as she's getting married, lightning strikes through the window and kills her and her fiancé, who's about to get married. It's like, that is craziness. Like, that's that's pretty full-on. No wonder he's a bit fucked up. Yeah, and that's why he... It doesn't explain why he can't say the Ws, but it does explain why he's... No, no not really, no. Um, and then um, we get so you carry on. Well, you get back to Larry and Vicky, don't we? Um, not Larry yeah. and Vicky. Vicky and Larry's uh, brother. Uh, is it his cousin Charles? Isn't it? Oh, cousin. Sorry, I've been saying yeah, brother. Played by Jonathan cousin. Price. That's right. And um, he's saying, right, I need to get off the police because there's some things going on here, and he's ringing away the police. And uh, Vicky drops something, goes down, looks on the table, and the telephone is not connected. Mm. So she knows what's going on. He realises she knows what's going on. And he tries to attack her and chases her through the house in a really creepy kind of way because it's all slowed down, this bit. Do you remember the bit? 
running through the yeah, hall. Yeah, yeah. It's really kind of weird. I like it. I do like it. A lot it. of weird elements in this film. A lot of different elements that will work very well. At this point here, the music score's really good. And it's very, at this point here, it's almost if you didn't know what's going on, which we're going to say later on what's happening here, but it's very like a radio play. The music score's very dun dun, dun you know. Yeah, very dramatic. And classical. Yeah, very much so. There's a fist fight then because Larry catches Charles and they have a bit of a, a little punch up, don't they? Yep. Uh, he picks up the vase, which Fister mentioned earlier on. That's worth I don't know. He's there's only three in, three in the world, and it's worth yeah. uh, how much? And it, and uh, basically, you get Aunt Kate coming to the rescue with a gun and shoots. She shoots um, cousin Charles in the chest. He falls, falls out through the, the window. window, and she says, "There's only three of those vases." And as Fister says, two. <laughs> You <laughs> and then then they get married. Well, you cut though. Then, they, they start t- <laughs> talking. They're talking away, and all of a sudden it cuts to a close up of. Um, oh no, they're getting married, aren't they? Then um, yeah. Aunt Kate starts doing a little speech. Then she says, um, "Pissing." I mean, I mean, it's past. And it cuts to them laughing, <laughs> and it cuts pulls out, and re- revealed that it's been a radio play the whole time. So and that's so cool. It's almost like it's better than at least it's better than it was a dream all along. It was it was actually a radio play, which is kind of cool. And and all the characters are there, but in their real actual people, like like um, Dom DeLuise isn't dressed as a woman at this point. It's brilliant. And they're all sort of celebrating like the end of the play, aren't they? Um, but then we get that little bit with the voiceover with the Wolfman right at the end. Yeah, and he looks right into the camera and stuff. It's good. Oh, oh that's spooky. That bit at the. And, and you're like, well, is that the end of the story? I don't know. But it's very, very, just lovely film, really. Fun. You know, it's a PG, like you said. Um, it's, you know, a, it's, got, it's a rainy Sunday afternoon movie, is how I'd put that. Although it's got scary elements to it, it's it's harmless. And it's a real, like, for anybody who likes their horror or scary or haunted house movies, there's a lot of lovely callbacks and homages. And it's really genuinely fun. Just a funny film. Absolutely, absolutely. What a director as well. I, I'm really impressed with the directing. Now that I'm watching it through this sort of reviewing eye. Absolutely. Brilliant. It's a good movie and it still holds up, it stands up. Um, I loved it as a kid. I, I had to get it as a kid from Woolworths on VHS. As a, you know, like, wow, that haunted honeymoon, that looks brilliant. I'd pick up anything as a kid's a horror movie. Um, and yeah, I tre- treasured this movie and I watched it. I've probably watched this film... I'd say in the region of about 40 times, I'd say. Oh, bloody hell. Yeah. I, I, I think me and my sister are probably in about the 10 to 20s on that one. I mean, I definitely know it pretty damn well. We yeah. still we still quote it. You'll still catch her, my sister, at the dinner table now, tap her glass and say, I know that one of you is a werewolf. I saw you in the garden this afternoon. She definitely still says that. I've really got to come <laughs> around your house for dinner one day because uh, I'm going to love it. Alice doesn't got a clue what's going on. <laughs> oh, bless her. She hasn't got a clue. We're just all shouting. My dad's shouting diehard quotes at me. <laughs> My mum starts quoting some random film she watched on it's a like, horror channel. It's like an 80s Eddie Murphy movie around at your house. <laughs> Eddie Murphy plays all of my family. <laughs> <laughs> In different different disguises. Just shouting out different, different film <laughs> quotes. Um, Haunted Honeymoon. Thumbs up? I would give this a thumbs up, definitely. Yeah, it, it I might definitely be, recommend uh, might be hard to track down. Uh, it might not be. Uh, no, it's not. It may well be on YouTube. There's a possibility. Uh, I don't I think so. I, I, I own it on DVD. Um, it's not hard to track down at all. It's quite easy to get, actually. 
Um, yeah, I think it was, was it Gilda Radner who played Vicky's last film as well? Was It her last It was her last film, unfortunately, yes. Yeah, so she must have got ill after this. And yeah. Passed um, well, it was actually while making this, her legs started to hurt, and um, it was the signs of, I think, cancer coming in. So, oh, well, it's a shame, really. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's a sad ending to a funny movie, really. Um, Gene Wilder... Very, very good fun. Gene Wilder, um, as far as I know, is kind of a kind of a happy person he kind of became a bit of a recluse in his later life um but as far as i know he's a happy person you get a lot of these comedians who are depressives uh on you know when they're not making the world laugh they're inside they themselves are crying and um you know it's um i think he was himself though quite a happy person through through his world through his life and stuff even though obviously these disasters and things happened to him so rest in peace old gene you know, and what I must say is, what a crazy hair he's, hairdo he's got, man. Well, have you seen my hair when I grow it out? Yeah, you get quite curly hair, don't you? It's nothing like that, but the front part where it's receded is gone really fine, and it just turns into Gene Wilder hair. Oh God! Yeah, I can't grow it because it's just too bad. Well, his hair is probably at its most fantastic in the next film we're going to be talking about. I would say, which we are going to come back to just after this. It's coming from the deep, dark recesses of the mind of Mel Brooks. I love him. Young Frankenstein. Why, you hear me? Give my creation life! Sky means business. Starring Gene Wilder as Dr. Frankenstein. That's Frankenstein. Peter Boyle as the monster. Marty Feldman as Igor. My grandfather used to work for your grandfather. I'm sure we'll get along splendidly. Oh. Horace Leachman as Frau Blucher. And Madeline Kahn as Elizabeth. What do you want to do to me? I'm not afraid of you. Kill the monster! See Mel Brooks' young Frankenstein. Yes, I think we could all use a good laugh. But don't see it alone. Don't miss Young Frankenstein, personally directed by Mel Blazing Saddles Brooks, in black and white. No offense. So, Young Frankenstein, 1974, directed by Mel Brooks, written by Mel Brooks and Gene Wilder. Um, an American grandson of the infamous scientist struggling to prove that he is not as insane as people believe is invited to Transylvania, where he discovers the process that reanimates a dead body. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Um, this is my first time viewing of this. I'm not a massive body horror fan, as we all know, and Frankenstein had never been the story uh, I would have gone to if I was of Hammer Horrors and all those sort of flicks. I kind of stayed away. I like the Dracula's and all that. So I think I avoided this for some reason, even though I know it's Gene Wilder and Mel Brooks movies. I don't know Mel Brooks movies that well, to be honest. Um, for me, straight off, um, I thought this was fucking hilarious. Um, I think I'm at the correct age in my life, and the point in my life where I found this so funny, where I might not have enjoyed this as the humour as a kid or something, if that makes sense. 
I thought it was brilliant. I love the aesthetic of it. I love the fact that they really made it like an old school film. I love the fact that they got this special effects guy <clears throat> who had made all the um, machinery for the original Universal Frankenstein, and he still had it in his garage, and they hired it out, and they used it again. Um, I love the sound, the old, the way the music was playing and stuff. <clears throat> it kind of reminded me of like, how Robert Rodriguez tried to do Planet Terror, trying to make it grindhouse, but not kind of did it in a modern way this feels like an old black and white movie like an RKO movie you know from back in the day like a Val Luton or something like that yeah I think they achieved it's it definitely. so well so I thoroughly enjoyed this movie and I know I'm saying it's from the get go and you normally say it's in the movies but I really loved it so well I'm glad because you know it's your, it's your first time watching it uh, yeah. so it's good to know off the bat what, what you're feeling about it my thoughts on it as you know I'm a massive Frankenstein fan so kind of the opposite to you really I've seen this a handful of times I think didn't really appreciate it so much as a kid got a couple of jokes as a kid but it's not to you you're older and especially now I'm older and I'm really into my horror films that I really appreciate what they're doing here and essentially what they're doing here is they're not really so much taking the piss out of horror they're just they're actually the opposite actually they're they're is this is kind of a love letter to to the universal this era of horror really from that time but they've also thrown in some some gags and some jokes in amongst it so that you know it, it's almost like a comedy for people that love horror if that makes sense yeah absolutely like like, um well horror. you know we did cabin in the woods and i i felt there's a thin line there where you think like that movie's possibly taking the piss out of horror fans just a little bit and this movie here is not this movie's just yeah. saying we love horror we love those movies like we're a, trying to make that style movie for you but we're doing it on our our little way it's an homage it's a tribute um what you will um you were mentioning to me off air about uh that it was Gene Wilder's idea, wasn't it, this movie? He had, he had written a script. He'd written, like, a draft or whatever, or, or to come up with the idea. No, he, he had the idea. And then he went away and wrote the opening scene, the, uh, the the train station scene, actually. And he wrote that scene, mm. and he went to Mel Brooks, and Mel Brooks was... Well, no, the producer went to Mel Brooks, and Mel Brooks was, um, rang him up and said, what are you getting me into? And he said, I'm not getting you into anything. And, you know, it's only if you want to do it. And then they got together and they banged out a script for it. Yeah, because they, they wrote this together, but um, it's odd that Gene Wilder said, you know, Mel Brooks loves being in his own films, and I'll only do this if Mel Brooks agrees to not be in it, um, which is odd, but, you know, there we go. But he does end up being in it, but not actually in it. He just makes sort of a few off-camera noises and stuff like that, doesn't he? Indeed. Um, yeah, he does a cat and things like that off-camera. Um, there were a few issues uh, with regards to, like, the filming of the black and white Um I think, if I remember rightly, the studio tried to trick, and you're not going to trick uh, Mel Brooks, but they tried to trick Mel Brooks into filming it in colour so that they could turn it into black and white because one or two markets, I think in Europe or something, didn't have the technology to show um, black and white movies. And he said, absolutely not. I know what you're trying to do. You're trying to fuck me here. We're filming. And he made sure that it was filmed on black and white tape or, you know, whatever it is, black film. Black and white film, sorry, yeah. So that there's no way, and I'm so glad they did that because absolutely, this film would. I don't think this film is good if it was colour guard. No, no, like well, it, it would. I it think, would. I think it would. I think it would come across like as a hammer horror type of film, actually. Yeah, but I think it's better. It, it stands out, doesn't it? Because it stands out. How many horror comedies that are black and white can you think of? I can't think of many. Oh. This is the one. Oh uh, I mean, no, no, it's not. No, Abbott, Abbott, Costello, uh, Frankenstein. Aside from those guys, 
Um, this is this is the one really. Um, it's got a lot of great gags in it, a lot of great jokes in it. This is very, very Mel Brooks uh, in in feel along the way, Indeed. and there are some sort of breaking the fourth wall moments as well. Yeah. Um, let's so we get into this. Go for it, man. Go for it. Okay, good stuff. So uh, we open with uh, a lovely logo, uh, very universal feel. Um, it's definitely got that vibe all the way through it, really. Well, the, the music score is uh, uh, the, the the low fineness of the music score is really. I was like straight away going, "That sounds shit," and that's great because that makes me feel like I'm watching an old school black and white RKO film, you know, or Universal yeah, uh, film. Yeah. Well, even the opening shot is very dramatic. Uh, we've got a castle on a hill, and um, the credits are rolling, and we zoom in very slowly to this castle it's a beautiful shot yeah some brilliant cinematography in this film throughout actually Um, the the train station stuff with all the train smoke and stuff and some of the angles are really really nice it feels like a film that was made back then doesn't it they've done a good job capturing that feeling really because it was made in the 70s absolutely Um, so we start off with um, a coffin which is a great way to start any sort of horror type film and it's a coffin that says Baron von Frankenstein on it um, inside the castle and we see somebody open up this this coffin and uh, there's a skeleton inside clutching a box which we later find out is holding uh, the will of Baron von Frankenstein and the hands trying to take the box away from the skeleton and it kind of a bit humorous here already it kind of doesn't let, allow the hands to take it the skeleton grips onto it a bit um, you kind of like the way the skeleton's hand sort of curled back in it comes after. back in uh, obviously I think they just did it because they had to whatever have the hand to keep the grip of the thing but the fact that it, it curls back in this is the point where you know, like with movies generally you set a tone from the get go you don't have to set a tone you can always break rules and stuff but you generally set a tone for the audience to know what sort of flick this is and I was like, I'm watching a horror flick here. I'm not watching a horror comedy in any such way. I'm watching a horror film. And then we cut to like this uh, medical school, and there's no humour to be seen for a, for a good few minutes. And it's really interesting way they've done this. Very straight-faced almost, and very intelligent humour, it seems, at first. <laughs> at first. <laughs> um, on a very quick side note, talking of cutting to different scenes, one thing I loved about this film is, and I don't know if I've used the right term here, but you know these circle zooms that they use? Um, you know, you know, uh, I don't know what you call like circle transitions, or I don't know what you'd call them, really. Yeah, 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 um, uh, circle transition, absolutely. Yeah, yeah it's like where the, the screen sort of vanishes into a little circle. I absolutely love that. Yep. Uh, so it's an old school vibe. So as you say, yeah, we are in this um, this lecture hall, and we, we meet our our main character, Doctor Froderick Frankenstein, who is a lecturer. I uh, hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. <laughs> um, and he is teaching these students sort of about the nervous system. He's an expert in the nervous system, and uh, you know, he, he the, the kids are trying to wind him up by mispronouncing his name, and they keep trying to bring up his what we find out is his grandfather. He's not very happy about it. Um, he keeps correcting them. It's pronounced Frankenstein. Keeps correcting them. And uh, he demonstrates, he brings out a, a guinea pig, which is a little old guy. And they sort of, he wouldn't really do this these days, I suppose, would you? But I thought he was dead originally because he's on a bed when they bring him well, out. Well, I did wonder. He says, oh, he, he's uh, generously uh, said that he would uh, do some stuff for us. And I was like, what are they going to do to this poor dude? Yeah, so they, they sort of scare him a bit and he goes to near him in the balls and stuff and, and it shows that, you know, he reacts. 
in a natural way to, to something happening to him. And then he puts this little thing on his on his temples, I think it is, where it shuts off apparently his nervous system. And then he says, "Now watch this!" And he sort of screams, "You mother grabbing bastard!" And, and then he goes to knee him in the balls, and the guy doesn't react at all. And and he sort of says, "There we go! Like I'm now." I can control the nervous system. And that is the first sign that he has elements of his grandfather in him, I guess. Absolutely. Um, we then get on to the discussion of the reanimation of dead tissue. The kids, again, whether they're serious or not, they are definitely trying to wind him up because he then sort of shouts. <laughs> I love it when Jumara shouts. And he says, my grandfather's work was Doo-doo! <laughs> which is ridic- a ridiculous sentence but it's hilarious it's a nice bit time. of character development here we're learning out who this character is and what's going on and the fact that he's just like no my i don't believe in reanimated corpses it's not something which happens what are you guys talking about you bunch of crazy fools and you've got this one student that keeps on digging at him and keeps on pushing away at him and he starts to go a bit crazy and ends up uh, stabbing himself with a scalpel yeah, it's a bit crazy. Apparently, I laughed out um, loud at that point. People say that that was he's actually stabbed himself. But, yeah, but um, then it's ruled out. If you look closely, yeah, yeah, if you look closely, you can see that he didn't. Um, yeah, there, there's a, while this is going on, there's an old man who's at the back of the class. Um, bit of a creepy old guy. Clutching the And box. it turns out, yeah, it turns out he's got the box from the coffin with the will inside it. So he sort of says, you know, I've been tracking you down, uh, and you know. He, you need to come to Transylvania. Because the will says come to Transylvania, doesn't it, really? He says, yeah, you know, because of... Um, it's a, what, what's the reason, basically, because he, he's inherited the castle? Yeah, basically. I think he's come to collect his inheritance. There's no, you know, there's no clever plot plot here. It's just they go to Transylvania. Um, so he, li- li- he has a he has a fiancé, doesn't he? He does, yes. And he, she's... This is very... <laughs> there's a lot of parallels with Haunted Honeymoon in this film. She's very overpowering, if I remember rightly. And he's like, I've got to go. They have a quick kiss at the train station. That's right, because she's like, no tongues. And then she's like, uh, not on the lips, because I've just put my lipstick on. So and then he goes... They nudge elbows. Yeah, <laughs> that's quite funny, actually, that elbow bit. And they're mm. like, no, she's like, no, I've just done my nails, not my hair. Like, he basically, he basically is not allowed to kiss her. Um, and that's all we see of her at this point till later on. So he jumps on the train, and uh, we get this little train gag, don't we? Yeah, um, uh, it's just uh, there's a bit where it's just like I was thinking, why why are we hearing about this d- domestic dispute between this like two people, which has nothing to do with relevance to the story? And I was like, it's, it's a Mel Brooks movie, so there's going to be a reason for this. And then you got the train guard comes in and says New York, and it cuts to the exact same camera angle, exact same amount of people, and two people in German talking. And this German guy comes in and says, I'm Transylvania. And that's why. And I just like, it's just, it's kind of nice humour. It's just not taking itself seriously. I quite, I'm really enjoying it's it, a, you know. It's a visual gag as well, isn't it? Because it's, you know, they're even saying exactly the same thing in English that they are in German. Well, so you, there's a thing. You don't have to, if someone's going on a car journey somewhere, it's you don't generally film the car journey because it's a bit boring unless you're going to put expedition into it. But um, but with this, it's just telling you that the, the progression of a story very quickly. He needs to go here and there, but they're just doing it with a bit of humour. It's just like chucking in some humour. It's, it's really good. So when he gets off the train, we meet Igor uh, for the first time, played by Marty Feldman, who is pretty hilarious. Yeah. Uh, what what was that quote Marty Feldman said? Um, uh, not long um, before well, he died. He, well, he died quite young, Marty Feldman, and he sort of said to a journalist a week before he died, he said. Um, I'm too young to die. I'm too old to grow up. 
And that's a good quote. I like unfortunately that. Unfortunately, died a week later. Um, funny, funny looking guy, but and I don't mean that in a nasty way. He was a funny looking guy, and he obviously played on his eyes being quite funny. But he's also very funny as well. Absolutely. Um, and he knew that. He he played on it. It's, 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 it's sometimes the best people and here, especially with humour, is the people who don't take themselves seriously and they understand that the world is looking at them in a certain way and they play to that. It's kind of how you deal with a bully. You, yeah, a bully says something to you. If you say to the bully, yeah, absolutely right. I look like an absolute twat, don't I? Look at me. I've actually got a big <laughs> minge as a face. If you go and say that to a bully, if you say it to a bully, they're, they're not going to know where to come back to and they're just going to go off going, oh, okay. And it's it's that's intelligence in a in a unique way, and it's just not letting people get you down. And he's used it and ran with it, and he did really well for himself. Well, he died young, but you know. There you go, guys. There's the Gav's bullying, anti-bullying tips. Just there. tell if them you've got a minge face. Got a minge for a face. There you go. Thanks, Gav. That's great. So when we meet Igor, uh, he says, "Ah, oh, you must be uh, Doctor Frankenstein." To which he corrects him, no, I'm Frederick Frankenstein. <laughs> and he says, what? Why are you saying that? All right, then, well, I'm Igor. And uh, he says, he uses lots of words, doesn't he, to sort of show that he's being a dick about the pronunciation of this. Indeed. Um, and, and this then we is get the, the classic... This is the bit where uh, Igor says, uh, walk this way. And obviously this is the this is the famous bit where um, Steve Tyler, um, after doing a bit of rehearsals for a gig, uh, went down and watched the movie. Then the next morning wrote the song Walk This Way, didn't he? He did indeed. Yeah, it's funny that this film went on to inspire a song that I actually got into through Run DMC, not, not Aerosmith, which I think probably a lot of people did. Um, oh yeah, that's, yeah, that's, yeah. Had a lot more that. Yeah, absolutely, and it's a movie, a song which is in Lost Boys, in fact. Uh, oh, it is actually when they're having the party on the beach, aren't they? Yeah. And the vamps bite bite someone's head off. So or, for, and not for Marty Feldman and his kooky eyes, we might not have had hip hop and run DMC. Uh, and that is a very funny gag, quite a, a um, uh, Monty Python style gag. That one, isn't it? Really, absolutely. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, also, we get. Uh, you know, I'm I'm a brilliant uh, doctor. I could probably take a look at that hump for you if you'd like. What hump? What hump? The the one. Oh, oh. Okay. Hello. Okay. Yeah. Don't have a hump. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the best thing about these two guys and their human. It's Gene Wilder's humour is very much like we we're saying earlier. It's kind of stunted the way he leaves a lot of air in his words. Yeah. Oh. 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 Okay. That. And, and Marty Feldman's playing long of it, and they work off each other really well. Is this the only time those two guys work together? Sometimes it's like Marty Feldman's taking the piss out of, uh, out of him. Like It's like Marty Feldman's not being in character, and he's taking the piss out of the character, because he's like, well, I know this is a film. Is it and the only, at, only time that they work together, do you think? I think it... I'm not... I wouldn't say 100%, but I can't think of another film they've done together. Yeah. So I wouldn't say 100%, but it's more than likely. It was, um, it was Gene Wilder's agent um, who said, um, oh, I want you to um, uh, work with, um, uh, do a picture of Marty Feldman and someone else. And he says, oh, how come? He goes, well, because I'm your agent for all of you. <laughs> oh, OK. <laughs> oh, all right, then, that seems to work. That was easy. <laughs> um, we now meet Stinger beautiful beautiful Inga the lab assistant that they've procured for uh, for, for Froderick and um, the first time we meet her is because he throws his bags into the hay in the back of the back of the uh, cart yeah. the horses are pulling yeah. and we hear her sort of like ooh, ooh. 
And then she asks him... Do if you he want wants to roll, roll in, in the, the hay? hay? And she just starts to roll in the hay. Um, she's she's brilliant. And I think she's very funny. She's very beautiful, but also very funny. She sort of isn't what you, your typical... Not uh, This is going to sound terrible, but she's not your typical sort of bimbo. She actually... She can play up to the humour. She's very funny with it. She's probably quite a clever person in real life. Like, she, she gets the jokes, you know? She's not just a model that they brought in or something, you know? Absolutely. Um She's brilliant. Um, we we get this werewolf bit, don't we? <laughs> this is a bit where um, uh, she uh, wolf's sound, and uh, so she goes werewolf, and so you get Gene Wilder saying werewolf. Uh, so Marty Feldman turns around and says, "Their wolf, their castle." <laughs> he says, "Why are you speaking like that? Like what? Like that? I'm not speaking like and, anything." <laughs> and I believe the wolf was. Um, What's his chops, wasn't it? Uh, Mel, Mel Brooks. Brooks, yes, it was, and the cat. Yeah, All the sound effects of those, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he managed to get in there in some way. Of course he uh, did. We get to the castle, there's these huge doors with giant door knockers on them, and again, this classic joke. He lifts her out of the, the barn, and as he, her breasts are in his face, he's looking up at the same time towards the doors, and he says... What knockers? This is such carry-on humour here, but it's above carry-on humour because Gene. What does Mulder, she say? <laughs> uh, she says, "Oh, thank you." Gene uh, uh, <laughs> Wilder is so much better than, like, say, you said James, and that is so much more class to it with his humour and stuff. But that, that some of the gags are very carry-on, but they they play well, and I, I like them. You know, they're cool. And they knock the door. The huge sort of bang, 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 and uh, Frau Brooker arrives, doesn't she? And, uh, this actress has done like 270 movies and still making stuff right now. Cloris, Cloris Leachman mm. is the name. Mm. Cloris Leachman playing Frau, Frau Brucker. And uh, she, every time they say her name, there's a gag that the horses scream. Um, like they sort of neigh. Even later on when we're in the castle and he says, Night, Frau Brucker. Yeah. What? Why is that? I don't. I don't understand the well, gag. I mean, there isn't really a reason for. It. I read a, a bit of trivia that said somebody thought that the name Blucher was a type of ger- German glue, and that the horses were afraid of it because they thought they might be turned into glue. But apparently, it, they just thought it'd be a funny thing that the horses sensed her, that she was evil, <laughs> and they just neighed every time that her name was said because it was like saying Voldemort's name or something. I don't know, but um. Yeah, it it works. It's a silly running joke, just like the hump joke, and it works all the way through. You kind of you're looking out for it, then aren't you? You could almost play a drinking game with with it, really. Every time the horse is winning at that, or every time the hump gets mentioned, you could do. Yeah. We should do, a, we should do a drinking game with this. That could be quite good, actually. Uh, she she takes them into the castle. Uh, brilliant interior set here, beautiful castle, and she takes them up to uh, you know up to their room or to his room because they're, they're not married. Um, and we see this little moment where in the mirror, so while he's unpacking, we see her go up to the portrait of his grandfather, which, which looks, looks just exactly like... Which looks exactly like Jim Alder, not it? And she gives it a little kiss and whispers to it something. I can't remember if we hear what she actually says to it. Um, so that already we've got like, hmm, we do find out later on that they, they did have a relationship. So that's the first seeds of it there. Uh, then we've got this. Uh, well, we have it. He has a bit of a nightmare. I can't quite remember what the nightmare is about now, to be honest. Yeah, uh, I think he's all wet. Yeah, so yeah. He, uh, he hears um, music coming from downstairs. So they goes with his, his uh, assistant, who uh, pops up from nowhere, uh, goes to investigate. And this is where we get the classic bookcase gag. 
Oh, this is classic as well, though. Just before the book, he's going, this is classic mystery, murder, horror house. Oh, absolutely. Going, investigating at night time around a big mansion. Absolutely. Let's all go out in our pyjamas. And look around with a candle or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so, so they get, come down and said... Oh, the bookcase gag. So we, we hear the music's coming from behind the bookcase, and he says, I bet there's a secret passageway. He starts pulling out books, but nothing really happens. Um... She she then, she pulls out the candle from the candlestick right. holder and the bookcase turns one eighty. So you got Gene Wilder behind the bookcase. Okay. So he goes, Oh look, it's a secret passageway. I think what we need to do is put the candle back in and it'll come back out. The, the, it turns around three sixty. Okay. Yeah. I think I figured it out. Take the candle off and I will block the bookcase with my body. <laughs> And you said the, you, the gag's been set up in your mind. You don't even need to see it because you know what's going to happen. And I cracked up at this point. It just, it's just, it's just so she, you she, only she, see she pictures of her, don't you? Yeah, yeah you, it's off camera. You don't you need just, to see she puts it. puts it back so in. You, you hear a noise and then you just hear a, a muffled a face that's obviously being squashed saying, Don't touch the candle. <laughs> And he manages, and it cuts to him squashed, his face is squashed, and he manages to squeeze out from this bookcase. Um, they eventually figure out the sequence, that it's like almost like a code, uh, and they manage to get through it, and they go down the stairs, and this is where they bump into um, to Igor. How did you know this, there was a passageway? And he says, oh, I had a hunch. And looks oh, into dear. the camera. And then he says, the, the damn your eyes, because he gets the switches wrong. He says, too, too late, late again. Looking looks at into the camera. The camera. So, uh, you know. we'll do like, they must have obviously written that joke for Mighty Feldman. He's obviously yeah. okay with them doing so Some of Mighty Feldman's jokes are a little bit cheaper, um, but it's fine. It's fine. You do what I mean. It's, that, it's cool. Um, they find the, the laboratory, and most importantly, they find what he, we didn't mention, that he's looking for his grandfather's private library. Um so they find it and someone's been there recently because there's a cigar uh, smoking, smoking in an ashtray yeah so someone, someone was there was, playing music weren't they was someone having a drink as well I can't remember now yes um, yeah. and um, then they find uh, obviously his older uh, his grandfather's older uh, workings and the paperwork for basically reanimating a corpse which he's denied uh, over and over to the medical uh, students at his uh, where he's doing his uh, medical class and uh, they decide that they can do reanimation of a corpse really yeah, so this sparks his obsession then. So all of a sudden, because we, we realised from the early scenes that he's got a bit of a manic personality. And the next day they're having breakfast and he's tearing through these books, reading, 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 reading. He's reading everything he can. And he's discussing with Inga, you know, if we were to do this for real, we'd need like a man who was seven foot. And they start talking about, you know, everything, all features would need to be large. I think she makes some comment about penises, uh, like not, not directly, but they say something about large features. And then we have this amazing transition shot where he's, I think she's drawing it. Is it her that's drawing the picture? And he hangs it up and the picture starts swinging. And then it transitions lovely, nicely to the, the swinging corpse that's just been hung, uh, who then gets buried and they decide to go and dig him up. Indeed. And this is where you got the gag, which we saw later on, which would have been like 15 years later, he'd used to get him haunted honeymoon, but we use it with an arm. And they've got the body of the uh, uh, the corpse on the uh, cart, and the police come along, 
it's it's the same thing again. The police have come along, and it, it's, it's I love the fact <laughs> it's that exactly the same joke, actually, isn't it? Yeah, it's, that's what I'm saying. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of symmetry with this movie and Haunted Honeymoon. I, I think it's really playing off of that and the gags for it and stuff. Yeah, it's good, um, and it plays off quite well. Maybe he in Haunted Honeymoon. Maybe he felt like he wasn't. Maybe he felt a little constrained in Young Frankenstein and in Haunted Honeymoon. He thought, well, I'm going to direct this one. I'm going to do yeah, well, what the, I want to the, do. The leg gag in Haunted Honeymoon is funnier and comes off better than that arm gag anyway, I yeah. think. I believe it it's does. Kind I think of it's a, a lot better, actually. It's like a natural evolve. It's like that gag's evolved, it's, it's, it? it's, Haunted Honeymoon's almost... Uh, well, this is like a precursor to Haunted Honeymoon. I think we've done a really good job of doing these as a double bill, to be honest. They are a good double bill. I watched them both in the same day. Oh, right, well, okay, fine. I had the day off and watched them both to get together on a, on a rainy Saturday afternoon, which was lovely. Um, so, yeah, the dead hand gag, hilarious. He sort of has to pretend it's his hand. Eventually, the cop leaves him alone. Uh, this is the first sign that the hump... Is, is moving around well the, the production crew realised when they're filming that the hump had actually moved around and so obviously uh, it, the continuity's out so they thought well fuck it let's just use it as a gag and then they write it in wasn't wasn't that on the wasn't that on the other side that that and he said <laughs> what what just that oh, doesn't matter um, Eagle yeah. refuses to acknowledge that even as a, a hump it's amazing um, so he, he then makes the fatal error. They need a brain, don't they? And he writes down this person's name to go in. <laughs> the joke that comes out of this later Abby. Um, yeah, he writes down this person's name and he goes to get the brain of this very, very clever person who's died. And, and he, he, he picks smashes it, up, it. Gets it. But there's there's lightning and it makes him scared. So he, ju- he smashes yeah. it and the, bra- the brain kind of splits into a couple of pieces. Oh, it looks gross, doesn't it? So yeah, he looks and he sees gross. another one, but it's quite good. It's uh, fine though because it's just another person. It's, um, it's Abby. Uh, what's her surname? Normal. Normal. But it's so hilarious. There's this massive sign saying "abnormal brain, do not use under any circumstances." Like, what would you use the brain for? What are you using it for? I don't know. But um, it, it's there, and, and that joke does come up later on. Um, we'll get to that joke in a minute, actually. But yeah, so he, he he's already he's taken this abnormal brain. Um, then we cut to the castle, and they, we were straight into this experiment. He's straight there, you know. He's put the brain in the body. Um, Eagles outside with a kite, just flying a kite, trying to catch, just trying to conduct the electricity. And this is where um, you get this um, uh, this amazing speech by Gene Wilder as he's been risen to the top to get the electric arts for Frankenstein on the table. Uh, Frankenstein's monster on the table. Ju- so good. <laughs> but just before we get to that, just in juxtaposition to that, there's that bit where he says to her, "Elevate me." And she says, "Right here, right, right here now." <laughs> So, yes, it, elevate me. It's such cheap oh, gags, right, isn't I it? <laughs> it? It's those but gags. Yeah, it's, that, it's, it's those campy gags which which it makes you think carry on films um, because everything else is a, a, a quite intelligent humour. It's just those sort of ones, you know. Well, then, as you say, we come into this incredibly act, well-acted speech. Amazing. I, I think they must have been channeling the original Universal Monster because the dialogues in that, uh, Universal Frankenstein, the dialogues in that uh, is, is really good dialogue. It's very, very brilliant, some of the stuff that's said. And I think they wanted to do that. 
but what they did, what they've come across, and Gene Wilder's acting is really fucking incredible. It just, it's in, fucking impressive. It really is. It's because it, he's so manic, uh, and that whole dialogue that he's obviously memorized because he's an actor. I just, I got goosebumps actually. I loved that bit. It yeah, was, absolutely. It could have been actually straight out of a Frankenstein. It could have been. You, if you just just turn the telly on and start watching it, be like, wow, what is this movie I'm watching? Mm, yeah, it's really, really cool. Uh, it's all a sort of, you know, he, at that point, he, re- he thinks I'm God, basically, is what he's saying. You know, I I can be, I can play God. But um, it doesn't work, though, does it? It doesn't work, no. He doesn't doesn't live. He's gutted. You know, he's absolutely ruined by this. He can't believe it hasn't worked. He was so sure. And we cut then to, to another scene where we're in the village meeting. Can't have a Frankenstein movie without some angry villagers. Now, straight away, because you've got this kind of crazy lunatic cop type in it here, this kind of maybe f- reminded me of Quint and Jaws, the town meeting in that. Uh, maybe, yeah. Where yeah. he sort of comes across say, oh, I can go talk to him. This crazy, crazy <laughs> guy with his robotic arm, which he sets on fire to light his cigar. <laughs> also, I'm very much reminded of Inspector Clouseau here as well. Um, this is very, very much something along those lines. Yeah. Uh, he's got a patch over one eye with a monocle over it. Yeah. For no reason. <laughs> he's got a one arm or one hand that doesn't work properly he's got like a robot arm that doesn't really seem to work it's a very weird character but for some reason we go with it and it works absolutely and you don't just, think anything of it in, just, the, in the film it's just more jokes just more and more jokes that we're happy we just feed feed us these jokes we love them and you got the, um, the town folk are kind of a bit pissed off they're just like, like this guy's back again we think he's going to do something sketchy someone needs to go speak to him and he's like I'll go speak to him it's alright no problem so he takes on the job we go back to Freddy. Well, they go back to the uh, there, and they're having a bit of lunch, aren't they? A bit of dinner. Uh, yeah, they are. And someone, and someone likes it because they think it's yummy, don't they? He says, uh, "Do you like this meal or whatever it is?" And you hear, "Mmm." Oh, you do like it. Well, it's okay. I didn't say anything. Oh, you did. You but made a yummy it. sound. I didn't make I a love, yummy sound. I love the childish dialogue. You made a yummy, yummy sound. Make a yummy, yummy sound. You did make a yummy sound. I didn't. Did you? No. Well, I didn't. And if you didn't, mm. yeah. And he Frankenstein up. has woken. And we should probably talk a little bit about uh, Peter Boyle that plays the monster. Actually, um, <laughs> I love the fact this is the dad from. Um, well, he's an actor of a lot of different things, obviously. Um, but he's obviously a dad from Everybody Hates Raymond. <laughs> everybody loves Raymond. Everybody loves Raymond. Sorry, everybody <laughs> hates Chris, but everybody loves Raymond. That's very true. Um, I used to love Everybody Hates Chris. That was brilliant. Yeah, um, I never really got into it, but I, really I loved. loved it. I absolutely loved Everybody Loves Raymond. And on a side note, I've got a massive crush on Raymond's wife in that. Don't know why. Yeah, but, uh, no, no, I agree with you. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Peter Boyle, one of, yeah, one of the one of the sons right. committed suicide, didn't he? Really? Yeah, I mean, he's about nineteen. Committed suicide. Yeah, I like to bring, I like to bring bring everything down. Well, Peter Ball is hilarious as the monster, uh, you know, but unintentionally he doesn't really have to say anything. He just kind of grunts and growls and moans and groans, and just has to. It's a lot of physical comedy he's doing. Really, really good, really good fun, and he's alive. So they <laughs> they sit him up, they stand him up. And they, he's, is this the bit where he says, under no circumstances? No. Into, is that not? No, that's no. later on. This is the bit where he says, get the uh, sedative ready. 
and he releases him and he starts strangling Gene Wilder and he's saying it's sedative and, but he can't say it and he's like okay how many words yeah. one word and okay how many syllables and they start working it out trying to figure out what it is and it's sedative 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 okay no and it's very very funny but they give him the sedative and he passes out and the cop turns up the crazy cop uh, turns well, just, up at the house just before that this is where the Gene Wilder says he goes absolutely fucking nuts here. This is where his hair is his hair is going all over the place. He starts strangling my father and he says, Where did you get the brain from that we uh, that I asked you? And he's, he eventually reveals that it was Abby Normal. And he says, By Abby Normal, do you think it could possibly have been Abby Normal? Abnormal and starts strangling him and his hair's going and then it's the same gagging repeated, isn't it, from a Frankenstein with strangling. It's brilliant. Uh, there's, there's this amazing humour here where it cuts to everybody just be normal, be normal, and it cuts to Gene Wilder just going crazy playing darts. It's like absolutely, it seems like a complete lunatic trying to be normal in front of this guy. But I love the fact that he cheats at darts. So good. So okay, if you haven't seen this movie, and I hope you have, um, they're playing darts. So when Gene Wilder looks away, this cop basically yeah, runs up to the dartboard puts them all in the balls like, comes back and goes Gene <laughs> 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 Wilder looks back and he's like wow some good formation formation there with him yes, yes we get another little cameo here and again it was Adlib wasn't it from uh, Mel Brooks where one of the darts gets thrown off the screen and you just hear it's funny you know, and then, then Gene Wilder goes right okay I'll get the darts I'll have a go and each time he goes to throw the darts he says they think you're a problem and all, <laughs> all these little bits each time he goes to do the darts he says something to him to put him off it's fucking brilliant we find out that Frau Frau Brooker or Blucher she knows the monster, doesn't she? she? Well, she knows the brain of it or something. She understands, she understands how, it, how uh, uh, I guess, a reanimated corpse can cope with things. And she understands that the violin soothes the, the soul, I presume. And there's a funny bit where they're like, yeah, OK, we've got a creature, but its brain is rotted. <laughs> it's got a rotted brain. This <laughs> has got a shit brain. But this is where we find out the big reveal, which is that Frau Blucher was Victor's girlfriend. Indeed. Uh, they were a couple. Uh, so she's, yeah, that's how she knows all about it. Because and, uh, while this happens, the creature escapes and runs off. Well, it's let free, isn't it? By her. Uh, uh, oh, of course, free. yeah. She lets it free. Yeah, of course. And he, he's not very happy about that. But this is your classic two Frankenstein bits. So we've got villagers. You've also got to have him meet up with a girl. Meet up with a little girl a... where uh, they're throwing stuff into a well. And uh, <laughs> she this goes, there's no hilarious. flowers left to throw in. What can we throw in? Close up on Frankenstein just looking back at the camera and smiling. And I can honestly remember this gag. I couldn't remember if he threw her in or not, but then he, he does, cuts to her it? on a seesaw. It's on a seesaw. Like, he sits on the seesaw and they go, where's our daughter? Cut to the house and the mum and dad are worried. Did you check upstairs? No, I thought you would have. Oh, let's run upstairs. They run upstairs and the child flies through the window into bed asleep and they run in and go, ah. Oh, she's in bed. It's fine. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's such a weird joke. He carries on his journey and goes and meets uh, Gene Hackman, of all people. Oh my God, Gene Hackman was a tennis uh, playing uh, partner of Gene, Wold, um, Gene Wilder and said to him, um, oh, wait, well, I'm doing this movie. And he goes, oh, can I get a little on that? Because um, I, 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 I'm trying my hand at humour. 
Um, I find Gene Hackman quite an amusing character as well because um, he he got out of acting after Welcome to Moose Point, which is a segue back to Everybody Hates, Everybody Loves Raymond, starring him. Oh, anyway, yeah, that, that was the last movie he did, and then he got out the, the whole acting thing, kind of like Gene Wilder did. It's quite, you know, similar. Two genes. Um, he's genes. funny, man. I, I I think Gene Hackman's funny. Uh, like in the Superman movies, um, he's quite comical as Lex Luthor. You know, he's not sinister yeah. like a baddie would be in a superhero movie these days. He's actually quite funny, uh, and the relationship he's got with Otis, his assistant, uh, is quite funny. Yeah, he's quite a funny guy. But then he's done some really serious stuff, hasn't he? Like the French Connection and stuff. Oh, there's like tons and tons of stuff. Absolutely tons. Gene Hackman. Um, yeah, this whole section is one of my favourite bits. He's pretending he's blind, isn't he? And um, he, he's basically asking for God for a friend or someone to come visit him, just a visitor, and then this door, knock at the door, and it's basically Frankenstein. He said, oh, come in, come in, come in. You must be hungry. Do you want some soup? Oh, my, apologies, my friend. Uh, he says, you're a mute. I didn't realise. I'm so sorry. I, I am blind. So, you know, we're... <laughs> Let's let's have something to eat. So he pours some hot Pour soup, soup into his broth. groin. Then he sort of what does he do with the wine? He, he oh, gives he, him he some wine into wine. a mug and he says, "Let's let's celebrate." And he smashes and the he mug. Smashes. So he's just because oh. Frank's trying to at this point understands that this guy's an, uh, a bit of an idiot. Really, it's like Mister Magoo, <laughs> isn't it? The blind man bumping into everything, and, and then he the, finally tries to, to light his cigar for him, and it just ends up catching his thumb on fire. And this is the point where we realise that uh, 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 Frankstein doesn't like fire, which we know that anyway. Yeah. Um, so and he runs talking. out of place really annoyed, and he said, where are you going? I was about to make espresso. Um, then they, they catch him using music, because he's, you know, music sues the savage beast, as they say. Indeed. So they, they catch him. This Lock is the gag I mentioned earlier. This is where he says, I'm going to go in there and speak with him under no circumstances, no matter how much I beg, no matter do what not you hear. let me out. Do not let me out. Do not open this door. They shut the door, go in there, straight away, there's a close-up of Gene Wilder's face. They say, let me out! Let me out! <laughs> he walks in, he goes, hello, I'm Dr. Frank- Frankenstein, and straight away the monster's like, Roars. he's like, let me out, let me out, let me out. And they're like, no, no, we can't open you the door. No, no you said no. <laughs> and Frau Blucher's like, no, no, no. No, she won't let anybody open the door. That's very funny. Um, eventually, they... How does he make friends with them? I can't remember how they sort of... He's just, he just sends him and says, do you know you're a handsome guy? Uh, and everybody is going to think you're incredible. And he basically butters this guy up. He is, it's, how, it's how producers, promoters, people do, to, do for talent and actors, actresses or stuff. They tell them what they want to hear. So they let their guard down. And this is essentially what it does. Um, and uh, then after this, they have like a, a it's kind of like King Kong. Um, yeah, it very much is like King Kong. It's like he gives a demonstration of his experiment and how well it's worked. And into a, into a big himself. audience with like all people in tuxedos, very much King Kong esque, if you know the story of King Kong. And he introduces himself to the audience as Dr. Frankenstein, pr- pronounced correctly. On a side note, I'm very, for, I'm very up for Kong, that new movie, by the way. Yeah, my God, that trailer looks insane. Giant spiders and giant water buffalo. I don't know what is going on. Absolutely. Yes, he he introduces himself as Dr. Frankenstein, so he's he's very much, you know, happy to be that now. And um, it's a really silly. The song is so funny because it's putting on the Shaun of the Dead gag, isn't it? 
instead of putting on the Ritz, he's just like, Ugh. Well, you know Sean the Dean when they're doing white lines? Yeah. It's that uh, gag, isn't it? White it is. lines. Maybe they think it from that. Oh, he's rubbish. <laughs> well, much like King Kong, unfortunately, the creature does go nuts. Um, Indeed. And it goes, does it go on a bit of a rampage? And people start screaming, don't they? Yeah, it does, it does. Um, now, how, at what point here, I don't know, transition, they get back to the castle and the fiancé turns up. Uh, I think they go back to the castle with the creature and Kemp starts interrogating the creature, but the creature strangles him. Hmm. Uh, and this is where the mob are very angry by by this. Um, so Elizabeth turns up. Now, whilst the mob are getting their pitchforks and sticks and torches ready, Elizabeth turns up out of the blue. Um, and the creature takes a bit of a liking to her. He does. He very much does. And she, she takes a liking to him, the fact that he doesn't speak. And it's King Kong again here, so we got the woman getting kidnapped by the monster again. And they have sex seven times, don't they? Oh, my God. I, it is a bit disturbing that she goes off and she bonks this dead monster. Well, she has necrophiliac uh, sexual pleasure seven times. It's a bit odd. She, she sort of... He sort of gets on top of her and then she's like, no, no. Oh. And then she just breaks out into... Hallelujah. Well, not hallelujah, but she sings some songs. She sings as she's, like, uh, uh, getting pleasured. It's absolutely ridiculous it and quite rude, but um, fun at the same time. For a PG, it's a little bit risky in a little um, way. They then he they cuts to them having a cigarette just to show that you know she was quite happy about it. But then she he hears violins and he goes back to the castle. And at this point here, this is where the the, the Gene Wilder decided that yeah, what we should do is do like kind of a mind swap. But they get interrupted halfway through, don't they? Yeah, so the, the transference process where they're going to put his mind into the creature. So I'm not really sure. I think he's not trying to switch their minds. I think he's just trying to give the creature some of his intelligence. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, the crowd, while they're doing that, the crowd, yeah, is right. They, they break they into the castle. The um, but at that point use, here, Frankenstein is in? clever. Do you remember how they break in, though? What battering ram did they use? Oh, I don't remember. They used the guy's arm, the policeman's arm. <laughs> He's like, this way, and he's pointing, and they're, like, battering it with his arm, and they batter the doors in with his arm. Excellent. Uh, and the creature uh, has... It does have intelligence, doesn't it? It does indeed, yeah, and it says that, you know, I'm not a monster. I know I've always used to be a monster, but, you know, little stuff, and it's quite it's, it's quite sweet. It's it's, it's nice. It's kind of a, like... Everybody a, loves it straight away. They all love him. It is. It's almost like um, trying to explain to everybody that, you know, this is a monster movie and stuff. I'm not really a monster. This is the whole thing with Frankenstein. There's a whole massive thing. You can look into it a lot more about being a monster and in society and not being. There's a lot of undercurrents. Yeah, I I understand this, but I'm I'm too stupid. I just like to watch the (laughs) visual. I like to just watch the visual side of it and that's it. Well... We cut to a bit of a weird ending in some ways because you're not quite sure what's happening initially. Freddy gets married to Inga, Inga, uh, which is great. So he's things have worked out well for him in the knockers. Yeah. Um, and then Elizabeth, I don't know why her hair turned like that, but she gets so bride, of the bride of Frankston. Yeah, indeed. Um, and she and the creature are a couple, and they're in bed together. Yeah. Um, and then just as Freddy go, leans in to sort of kiss and then make love to Inga, she says, were there any side effects from the transference? And apparently he got a great big willy out of it. So that's the end. We end on a willy gag. 
I didn't know that that meant that, but yeah, I, yeah it doesn't actually sort of says, surprise me. Because you hear, you hear her then. She starts singing, singing, doesn't she? Um, and that is Young Frankenstein. And that was your first viewing of it. And I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I saw bits of it as a kid, but I just didn't... I didn't get it. It wasn't a movie I wanted to watch as a kid, but as, a, yeah, as someone think... who's about to turn 40... Yeah, yeah. I don't think kids would get it. Um, it's not really... Even though it's a, a PG or whatever it is, it's, it's not really one for, for kids, really. It's not really. It's just... Yeah. Well, that's the like thing. Said, that's the, that's I mean... the trouble. I always sort of say, oh, we could watch this movie, it's a PG, and it's like... That doesn't mean it's something suitable for kids. It just means it, it can be watched as a kid. It doesn't mean the kid's yeah. going to like it. And it's like, okay, yeah, that's true. I would describe it, as I said earlier, as a, a, a comedy for people who like horror films. Absolutely, and appreciate horror films. And, and I give it a whopping Frankenstein thumbs up. I give it a whopping Frankenstein willy up. <laughs> so that was, really supposed to see. that was our Gene Wilder <laughs> films. Um I probably uh, only, really made, them. only really made the two horror-ish comedies, but I, I, I do. I'm a quite a big fan of See No Evil, Hear No Evil. I think that's a great movie. When they're driving the car, it's very funny. Yeah, that that's a good film. Um, Silver Bullet. I seem to have fond memories of Silver Bullet as well. Silver Bullet. Stephen King. Silver Bullet. Uh, no, the one with uh, Richard Pryor. Silver where on Bullet. The train. I've never seen it. Have you not seen Silver Bullet? Was uh, mm. is this no Silver Streak? I'm thinking of. Oh right, no, I've never, I've not seen that. Silver Streak, Silver Bullet, the one with Silver um, Bullet's a, a werewolf movie with Corey uh, Feldman. Yeah, I know. What is one of my? I'm Corey thinking of Silver Streak. I'm thinking of Silver Streak. Sorry, with um, Richard Pryor, where they're on the train. Uh, we should cover Silver Bullet one day. I think we discussed that before. Actually, the actual werewolf flick. Hundred percent, we should do that one. Mm. I'll be up for that. Um, yeah, I really like this. Um, got to give a big respect to Gene Waldman. Um, hope you're making well people laugh wherever you are. Oh, he is, and he's, I just what I love about him is he's just manic. He's got that manic, insane, but very intellectual humour, uh, which works really well in these two movies, which you know are, are horror tinged. Indeed, yeah, it's, it's a shame we don't have the guy anymore, but he hasn't been acting for quite a while anyway. But yeah, no, it's good. It's great. Um, I definitely recommend these flicks, both these. I would, I would say, even though Haunted Honeymoon plays a massive part in my um, childhood and um, growing up with it and stuff, I think, and it's very murder mystery, I like that sort of stuff, I think Young Frankenstein's a, a lot better film. You know. Oh yeah, I mean, it's a lot more intellectual, clever, well-crafted. It's, it's very well-crafted, it's produced extremely well, everything looks gorgeous in it. If, we, if you're being honest, Haunted Honeymoon is very rough around the edges, very, and probably wouldn't, still probably hasn't doing very well, but it's a cult following, um, it's got Dom DeLuise in a, in a dress, what more do you want? I um, I actually picked up a copy of Young Frankenstein on DVD for us to to do it and it's gonna it's gonna sit in my um dvd collection definitely it's going yeah, in there and it's definitely I, I'm, I'm, be. i've been going through my dvd collection quite a lot recently i've gone through a lot more i've gone through some more so you need to check out what i've gone through by the way um to pull out stuff i don't want anymore and just because i'm i don't have the room and um but that's gonna that's gonna that's gonna take a little place in there i think because it's something i'll definitely watch again at some point I'm glad you enjoyed it. I'm glad that your first viewing was a good one of it. It was nice humour, and it's the sort of thing on a sort of rainy day, or if you're feeling a bit unwell, you can put that on and just chuckle yourself away, and it's good. It's a good movie. Um, right, let's get out of here. Let's 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 come back with 
Hello, and welcome to World of the Strange. 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 So strange. What's strange this time, Gavin? Well, there's been a couple of things. Um, This week I ended up... This isn't that strange. It's a bit weird. Um, This week I was... In December last year, uh, so 11 months ago, I was in a car crash um, and someone drove back into the back of me and fucked all my car up and it hurt my back quite badly for a while. Um, I had physio and all this stuff and I had compensation and all that shit. And um, I, was, I was going to work the other day, um, I wasn't driving, I was with someone else, and um, uh, I had a phone call and I normally don't bother answering it but I was bored sitting in the car I was like fuck it um, this could be someone trying to sell me some PPI so I rang up I answered it said yeah, what are you doing you're trying to sell me some PPI what's going on and they're like no no no, no, no not at all we, 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 I'm from your insurance company oh okay what's up and they're like well we think you, you, you're due compensation you should be owed some money for an accident uh, the accident and I was like um Okay, and I, I thought, well, I'm just going to let him carry on speaking and see what's going on here. And um, uh, after a while, I said, oh no, I've had physio and I got the compensation. I've got the, I had the money. Thank you very much um, for that. Um, you know, because um, I was, well, I was in pain until August actually, only a few months ago. I, I didn't, I, I stopped having back pain. Um, and I said, no, I signed all that off. So, and it's like, oh right, oh our records are. I guess out of um, you know, are not updated, so I'll update that now. Um, I'm really sorry to waste your time. I was like, yeah, no, that's fine, not a problem. It's like, I'm sure you've owed sort of compensation. Okay, no problem. All right. Twenty minutes Weird. later, I'm in a uh, in a traffic jam up in London, and a, a car drives into the back of us, um, giving me whiplash and. Right now I'm in quite a lot of pain because of um, it's the exact same things happen again. So in under a year I've had the same injury twice, and that's pretty weird. Not saying that I should be owed compensation. I probably will get compensation because that does happen with uh, with rear-ended accidents. It's just the norm as such, you know. Um, but it was a bit weird that 20 minutes earlier I had this conversation and they're insisting that I was owed money, and I was like, no, 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 not at all for compensation for a back injury. And it goes it's and happens almost- again. It's a bit weird. It's almost like uh, it's like the minority report of insurance companies. They they help you claim before it's even happened. Do you think? Oh, this guy's about to have a car accident. Let's better give him a ring. Yeah, you better put, get your claim in because you're about to get hit in the back with another car. It's a bit weird, but it, 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 of course it's great. A bit of conversation, a bit of money, brilliant, cool. But to tell you the truth, I wouldn't like. I just I'd rather not have the back pain, to be honest with you. Of course. So this podcast has been a bit painful, and I'm sitting up in my loft, and it's getting winter time, and it gets fucking cold. This is where my studio is, and it gets cold up here. Um. Anyway, that was kind of a throwaway world of strange. Now, I came across something this week. I put it on the Facebook page, and it is class as real mermaid found next to a river in Poland. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know why I did that. <laughs> no. um, and it's a video of um, someone from quite far away who zoomed in on some people. I'm just going to play it while I, I sort of mention it. It's, it's like a couple of paramedic guys in sort of luminous sort of clothing. Um, and then like four people in white sort of biohazard suits picking up a, a thing which has a big sort of 
scaly, fishy thing. <laughs> like, coming off the end of it, which I guess yeah. is like, a, a, um, you know, the end of a fish. And then it, it's actually the other end is, looks like a, a, a dude with a big beard. Yeah. Um, and the, the people with him are, are in hazmat suits, aren't they? Or something like big white sort of nuclear suits. Yeah, it looks brilliant, I've got to say. But the, I can see also on this page here that says that it could possibly be a hoax from filming possibly a, a movie. Yeah. But like, well, I did have a look into it, but we'll get into that in a moment. It's kind of weird, though, because it's, quite, it's, it's been shot quite far away and the camera work's pretty sketchy, but it's quite... It, I guess it had have to be a movie because it's quite elaborate if it isn't to just do this weird sort of hoax because there's a lot of people involved and I don't know. It, it's there's really no sign weird. of any. There's no sign of any of the film crew or Nothing any other like crew that. or anything at all. Not it's really. just it's just a couple of guys and then about four guys in hazmat suits. And they kind of they're fiddling around with something next to the lake and then they they put it onto a, a like a gurney. And to be and honest. If it was a movie, surely we would know about this stuff. Would we? Are not? there any po- Polish merman movies being filmed currently? It's kind of weird, isn't it? Um, yeah. I, I obviously, you know, I don't believe there's such things as merman, merman. Um, but yeah. Well, I mean, we've all seen Cabin in the Woods, you know. And there's like, I'm just watching the end of the video. <laughs> they all go off, but there's one guy. And the bio, the biohazard suit, the white biohazard suit, he actually sort of goes off the other direction, points at some people, and sort of walks off, and it's, yeah, it's all a bit weird. So what do you think's going on there? Yeah. I, I Honestly, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I looked into it, and I think I read somewhere that somebody was speculating that there was people rehearsing a play. Look, but what, what, what on earth? What do you mean rehearsing <laughs> a play? Well, you, when I'm you rehearse a play, you, you sit in a room, possibly, or stand in a room, and you have you a script. You don't don't... <laughs> To relate. You don't need to rehearse picking up a body and putting it on a stretcher, do you? It's very, very odd. It's really odd. Uh, Does anybody know what's going on with this? Do you want to <laughs> elaborate first? Because I don't know. I don't know if I can clue. Polish listeners who know anything about this. Weird. Please, somebody. I don't, I don't know if we have any Polish listeners, but, you know, please. You posted it on the Facebook page, didn't you? Uh, yeah, so well, I was just like, what the fuck is this, dude? So, yeah, I wanted to get you involved in to see if anyone else knew anything, but no one else I'll reshare it. Once the episode, this episode drops, I'll reshare it again just so that everyone can have a look at it. Um, it but, yeah, it's somewhere on the Facebook. Yeah, so do have a look and see what you think about it. But um, you've got something else for us, haven't you? I have indeed, yeah. I've got a, a little bonus one for us. So we've almost got three World of the Strangers. For this, okay. uh, Go on then. So, so I came across this one, got home from work, popped, just popped my laptop open, had a little look at the news, and this came up straight away. Um, and it's it's actually quite sad because it's quite recent news, but it's also quite gnarly is how I describe this. So this is about a man who died recently in Yellowstone National Park. Yeah. And he died. By Yogi Bear. No, no. He he's gonna wish he did. He died after dissolving in a boiling spring uh, of acid. Oh, natural. what did he jump into it? Yeah. So I won't oh, say the name God. as we never do with these. But basically, him and his sister went hiking, uh, and they wanted to get. They call it um, hot potting. I think they call it yeah, hot potting, where they get in these really hot springs, and they're supposed to be really good for your skin. But there are certain areas within Yellowstone Park that are cordoned off, and they actually went off the path, as is the warning from American Werewolf. They strayed off the path, 
and they went to to one of the ones and the one they went to has actually got 92 degrees celsius acid in it why um so he natural formation of acid in it there's, there's... yeah it's just it's just these hot springs did it not get. have like warning signs or something up yeah they did and they they ignored them oh <laughs> there you go okay um so his sister actually filmed the whole thing on her phone obviously she didn't know what was about to happen to her brother um he got to the edge of the pool apparently uh, put his hat went to put his hand in it to see you know the temperature because it was boiling but you can get in it apparently it's i don't know it's a different type of hot apparently for him that was an even different type of hot because he slipped as he went to put his hand in it fell in it and was dissolved alive uh apparently the police are saying that they've never they'll never release the footage um, when they had to show it, it, it to the coroner or something, they had to blank out certain parts of it with black boxes because it was too disturbing to show. And they said that when they found what's the remains, there's been a significant amount of dissolving. So I'm guessing he's pretty much evaporated, melted away. Um, yeah, so he slipped and his sister filmed it. Like she. she she filmed him slipping into it and I'm guessing screaming as he dissolved and melted away so his sister's um, completely fucked now for life really isn't she yeah it's pretty disturbing apparently they get four million visitors a year to this park um, people have died there before but this is one of the first known well, videos of it but also record, reporting of it as well that's absolutely uh, mental isn't it yeah it's pretty great he was only 23 uh, by the time the paramedics arrived, he was he was gone, unfortunately. Well, I don't know. That, that, that makes me think, like, if if something says don't get in it, then I don't know. There's an idea. Don't get in it. You know. Park officials said it'll be unlikely if we find any of his remains. Oh, of course. Um, Jesus Christ! The, there we go. Fucking hell. I just wanted to drop that one because that that is a strange one, isn't it? Uh, was, dissolving you, alive. And a, yeah, and you've a, lowered the tone of the uh, the whole. Well, not the tone. You've just made everybody feel sad now. Well, well I had to click on it. You know, I was just nice went on one, Yahoo. Man. <laughs> went on Yahoo News and it just says man dissolved to death in a hot spring. And I thought, what? Fucking I've got to click on that. That's gnarly, man. That's far pre- That's proper gnarly. So, guys, if you but, are going camping, don't go near hot springs, guys. It, okay? the, the other gnarly elements of it, the fact that he did that is pretty gnarly. The other gnarly element is that his sister was then witness it. The other gnarly element is that she filmed it. I know. I wonder if she thought he was, like, mucking around to begin of with. Of course, probably did. Probably, oh, what are you doing? Oh, oh, oh is slipped, it too hot? Obviously. Oh, my God. She probably away. thought it was quite funny that he slipped, actually, and carried on filming it. Absolutely. She probably laughs at that. that. And, like, that must be, like, the most horrific video to watch, even for, like, say, you and I to watch it, you know. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty bad. So, um, that's well, world that's of well, <laughs> gruesome. It's world of the fucked up. Wow. World of the car crashes, acid pits... And mermen. mermen. <laughs> that's the. That's the funny though. That, that, that's a. That's a man being pulled out of the water. It's a merman and a yeah. man falling into acid. <laughs> yeah, apparently it gets quite acidic. That natural spring. Those yeah. natural springs. And me, me getting back injury in my my insurance company being like that Steven Spielberg film you meant you said. So three tragic tales there in the world of the strange. 
Okay, then that's World of the Strange. Oh my God. Should we get uh, Bill to take us out of here, Bill? <laughs> Bill, please. That's all the time we've got for this week on World of the Strange. Next week, though, give me Ira. Hairless pets. Weird. Ask Jasmine. I'm here now with Jasmine. Hi, Jasmine. Hi. Oh, I hear another hey. Is that Daisy? This is Ask Jasmine. Um, and Jasmine last week tried to watch Haunted Honeymoon, but what happened? I got scared. You got scared? Really scared. Tell me. It was like a werewolf. It was everything. The lights turned off and it was all creepy. It was a bit creepy. It's a halfway point when they decided to go upstairs to Who go to... um. Off the lights? Should we well, the lights went as a power bed? cut. So let's go to bed and let's hope we wake up in the morning, didn't they? They said, Yeah. I'm going to be the person who answers questions. Okay, go on then. Yes, and do you know who was the werewolf? Do you know who the werewolf was? Oh, um, it was. Uh, what's his name then? It was. The, the, what's his name? You know, the guy. killer. It was the uh, guy that... Like an assassin type person. No, no, what, what was he the one that did Willie... What was his name? Gene Wilder. Gene Wilder's brother uh, in disguise in a costume trying to kill... His brother, Gene Wilder. Gene Wilder, so that he but, could get the money. But you didn't know this, because I told you this, but you got a bit scared by it, didn't you? So. Mm. Did you know why he really wanted money? You can say no or yes. He just wanted money so he could be a billionaire. Ask Jasmine. Hello, uh, it's music time. Um, as you all know, Dan and I went to a John Carpenter gig recently and I've got to admit, I was very inspired to start writing music again. I used to write music a long time ago and I picked up a new keyboard recently, like a MIDI trigger keyboard, which means basically it triggers the programs I use on my computer. And um, um, I've started writing some music now i used to write a lot of hip-hoppy type stuff and using all samples and i thought oh fuck it i'm just gonna use no samples i'm gonna use all original composition i'll write all the music and layers and things and use a lot of simps and it's very john Carpenter influenced now i'm not stealing ideas from such i am taking the 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 essence of john Carpenter and how i feel with his music and um, i'm kind of putting my own thing to it and doing it my own sort of way you know um so i've written a couple of songs this week and i'm going to write an album um so uh this is one of the tracks um i don't know if it's going to be completely mixed down properly um because uh that takes a little while but i might just take sort of this rough version of it as such i'll try and smooth it out as much as possible and play it um if it is finished it might be properly finished i don't know um but yeah dan is that okay for me to play a song that's cool does it have a name the track (laughs) yeah it's a a working title it's called jc's riff (laughs) brilliant as in Jackie Chan, obviously. Yeah, I don't know what is. I don't know what right now. Yeah, J- Jackie Joan Collins actually. Joan Collins riff. Yeah. Um, I don't John know right Candy's now. Riff. John Candy's riff. I don't know right now what it's going to be track called. Um, because I started off basically come thinking, oh, I can take like the idea of sort on precinct thirteen, and I took that and actually did this sort of the sort of dun, 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 dun sort of thing with it. Then I started playing, going. I wrote the rest of the song from that. Then I just completely deleted that bit. 
if that makes sense. And then it so it yeah. sounded more original, but I needed that for an essence to start me up. So I'm not stealing his stuff. You know, I'm just taking the whole <laughs> feel of it. That's the drop thing. It comes across like I am, and I'm really not. I'm no, taking it because I, no, I love that music. So you're inspired. You're inspired. Absolutely, by it. absolutely. Um, but here we go. This is uh, a song. <laughs>
and we're back again so I hope you enjoyed that song um, it's kind of funky but different um, yeah Dan you earlier chucked out on the old Facebook group that we were recording an episode and you said any comments questions and you got some shit back didn't you we did indeed we did indeed some of these are silly some of them are questions for us to answer to there's, ponder like there's, there's a couple of food things Do, does everyone think we're like really fat and eat lots of food <laughs> No, maybe. Maybe. Uh, okay. And also, there's there's a few there's a few that relate to some of the two films as well. So I'll go through these. Um, the first one is from Dean. He asks, chips or side salad? Uh, I would go chips. 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 Easy, Dean. Easy. Um, Darren Wilson says, "Is my tie straight? What would you say to that?" It's my I'd tie say straight. It was, woo, 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 wonky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, brilliant. Uh, Kate's asking. What's our favourite Kit Kat chunky flavour? And have we tried the new cookie dough one? Well, number one, cookie dough one sounds amazing. So I haven't tried that, but it sounds amazing. Yeah, I, I'd go regular. Oh, oh, no. I like dark chocolate Kit Kat chunky. I quite like the peanut butter one, I yeah, think. Yeah, no. or the Or the white one. It's a difficult one, Kate. I'm going to go peanut butter, I think, if I'm going to have to pick one. I'm going to go dark chocolate. Okay, okay. Um, Darren asks another question. What hump? I'm gonna say I'm gonna say my lovely lady humps to that one. I'm gonna say I don't that that, that hump that that thing that oh uh, 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 okay what <laughs> I'm still trying to do my Gene Boulder on it. It's good Gene Boulder. Uh, Dean us also says an actual comment here. He says I love Young Frankenstein. I showed it a few years ago to my sons who loved it. It's become one of those rainy day films, which is what you were saying, Gav. Uh, we can just put it on and watch it together and have a laugh, and I agree. Oh, uh, good. I'm glad his sons liked it then. I've met his sons, actually. Um, I'm glad glad they liked it. Cool. Okay, that's good. It's good to know that kids do like it, because you were saying, I don't know if it is so much sort of for kids yeah, and such. But that's cool. It's cool. It's cool. Kate, another one from Kate. She says, it's just a genuine, general comment. As always, you guys are a delight to listen to. Can't wait to hear the new podcast. She hasn't actually watched any of the two films, so she's looking forward to hearing our thoughts on them and will likely check them out as a result. So, Kate, I would definitely recommend those two films for oh, rainy Sunday afternoons. Absolutely. Um, um, I hope we haven't, of course, spoiled them too much for you because we do literally rock into them. But it's, a, it's that sort of thing where you listen to a podcast and they sort of go through a movie. Um, sometimes after you like actually I'm going to go check that movie out now because it's one thing to talk yeah. about it it's another thing actually experiencing the visual and the sound and the whole thing yourself so yeah go check it out Kate got another food one here from Dean he says, <laughs> he says red or brown sauce on a full English I mean obviously red um, well, it depends on what mood I am. Um, to be honest, to be honest, I might mix a bit of fruity brown sauce in there. I was in um, I was in a London cafe once, a London cafe. Fuck it out, mate. A London cafe, and I was having a fry up, a full English fry up, one night. And these uh, these American uh, tourists were sitting next to me, and the guy went, "Hey, what's that brown sauce you put in on your on your plate there? What's that called?" And I was like, "It's called brown sauce." <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, it's just called brown sauce. That's it. I hope he didn't think I was taking the piss because that's what it's called. It's called brown sauce. So, yeah. Right, it's because it's called brown sauce. It's, 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 if, it if you don't know what, what is it is, it? It's, it's, it it's made of, it's made of fruit from fruit and stuff and like vinegar and stuff like that. And I've it's, never questioned it in my life. I just put it on bacon sandwiches occasionally. It's quite nice though, isn't it? It's, it's quite a funky sort yeah. of sauce. Yeah. 
We often, me and you, uh, often if we're doing scrambled eggs, if I'm staying at yours, we'll have hot sauce, won't we? Or some kind of spicy chilli type. Chilli sauce is quite good, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah, quite like that on my breakfast sometimes. Um, Ricky Morgan says, Young Frankenstein is one of the greatest of all time. It never gets old. It's permanently engraved on my inner eyelids forever. What would life be without what knockers? I agree. I agree. Uh, How Ming, How Ming, Ricky, sort of say that. Um, I agree. <laughs> Hell, Ming! Uh, Zach Guzman, uh, he he is echoing something you were saying about Cloris Leachman. Um, he says, she rules. Just one comment, Cloris Leachman rules, who played Frau Brucke. Yeah, well, so, I, I've, I don't, I've never really heard of the woman, to be honest. I, I didn't know she's that. Done a, she's done a shit ton of movies. Yeah, so. Absolutely. She's, she's racking them up. Yeah. RJ McCready. We know RJ, good old RJ. He says, make sure you have some Vam milk. <laughs> I forgot about that scene, actually. Oh, tea? Some milk. <laughs> no! No! She no! Shouts it, she? Vam milk. No, thank you. And then she says, Ovaltine? No! <laughs> I don't know why he shouts at her so much. Um, and final one, another one from Dean. He says, I've been sitting here half an hour trying to think of a proper question. My mind's gone blank, sorry. I blame the whiskey. Sounds like a, a Gavin uh, excuse there to me, Dean. Drinking the whiskey. It does, it does indeed. Well, thank you very much for your comments, questions, and food-related uh, queries, guys. I hope we, we've we, should, um, we should get a PO box, shouldn't we, for the podcast, so we can get people just to send us um, send us food. <laughs> <laughs> Brown sauce and red sauce and Kit Kat junkies. <laughs> Uh, what's coming up next, Gav? Episode forty-three. We're doing another one that, um, that was well, the second one that was the most, second most voted for in a little uh, quiz that we did earlier in Indeed. the year. Indeed, uh, is the Terminator and RoboCop, the original Terminator, the original RoboCop. Um, yeah, futuristic robot Futuristic eighties horror flicks, yeah. basically. And arguably RoboCop, as we've discussed, is arguably the film that possibly got us into horror. In a in, uh, in a weird way, yeah, it did. But we will get into this. We're not gonna talk about me, it now. You, me, you, Andy, and possibly John all had that in common. But um yeah, we we'll we'll get into that. So that's gonna be a fun one, guys. We're gonna be doing What's that? some episode forty three. 43 yeah we're going to be doing some Arnie impressions we're doing some Robocop quotes and then just have robots here that's going to roll us in December then 44 is going to be our Christmas special where we're definitely doing Krampus and do you want to do it? I think we're going to go for it we're going to do Gremlins as well Um, have we not done Gremlins before? one of the Ask Jasmine has done it Ah. But we haven't reached it in full, and we need to go into it. Then, then it goes into the new year. Now, to be honest, we can try and bang out one at the beginning of the year because we'd be off and we could do it, or we could just wait because you'll be coming down for my birthday party. Yeah, I and think it's more like it's going to be your 40th birthday special episode, which will be episode 45, I think. Um, yeah, so and thought- that's going to be the genre murder mystery films and I've chosen not essentially horror really because it's murder mystery but I, la- I really liked them and I haven't seen it for a long time but we're going to watch Clue um, yeah Clue and also I want to watch Death Trap not Toby Hooper's Death Trap but Sidney Lament's Death Trap which is a fucking brilliant film if you've not seen it with Christopher Lee and Michael Caine Christopher Lee yeah um, and you definitely definitely need to watch that 
um, before we. It's a crazy, crazy bit of casting in that, and you lent that to me years ago, and I really enjoyed it actually. So I look forward to getting into that again actually. Yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I watched it as a kid, and it freaked me out. Um, um, the bit, the night, the, the bit when the. I don't want to say because it spoils it, but there's a bit where someone comes back and there's like thunder and they tried to kill someone and stuff. But you have to watch that movie before we before we spoil it because if we spoil it, once we spoil it, you it's too late, I'm afraid. Um, but yeah, so we're gonna talk about murder mystery films. So over Christmas, I did last Christmas as well. I did things like watch Murder on the Orient Express. I watched loads of Agatha Christie with Pro films, like Evil Under the Sun, stuff like that. Some real good murder mystery movies out there, and I want to like get into it and check them out, you know. And I think the one after that will be the final one from the, the little uh, questionnaire. That's a Jello, uh, is it? Jello. Oh, yeah, brilliant, really. excellent. That's talking about the Jello genre, and uh, um, we'll, we'll see what we're going to talk about then. We get close to the time. What I think we'll do after that, guys, and this is a long way off planning. As you probably know, Gav and I, our plans never always go to plan. Well, that'd be February, what, wouldn't it? I'm probably going to put out uh, another little, uh, you know, tick box voting thing uh, earlier in the year for the next three. So you guys can pick what order we do the next three in. Yeah. You know, order preference. Um, so yeah, look out for that. Probably January, I'll probably get that out. And we have between us, we've got a huge list of films. Yes. Um, which ideas of movies we've come up with and there's some brilliant brilliant double bills um, some brilliant genres brilliant directors and yeah excellent excellent thing, things to come for 2000 and what is it going to be 18 17 17 <laughs> 2017 so it's going to be a great year for the podcast on Hot Hill so thank you so much for supporting us all listen to the Legion podcast as much as you possibly can and all the other shows um, thank you both for every, everything you do for us and thank you Dan and thank you Gav and thank you to all the listeners for commenting listening uh, and I, I again I can't say this enough thank you to everybody who contributes to the Facebook page the community uh, it's just such a lovely family vibe of just absolute horror nuts everyone is great I've got to admit the Facebook page um, I've recently I've been uh, having a few uh, low points um, uh, uh, and I'm quite a happy person but I've had a few and recently the Facebook page has actually kind of made me feel um, kind of happy um, to be able to talk to you guys back and forwards so it's yeah cheers I was also thinking um, we did a t-shirt campaign recently um, the company have just started up mugs Ooh. I was thinking of possibly trying to do a mug campaign, but I don't know if that would go down well. But we could do that before Christmas, so you could get your other half to possibly buy you a podcast on Haunted Hill mug. With the same logo? Yeah. yeah. I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I might cool. well do that. Um, so if you do it, we'll we check it up on the old Facebook. And You'd be it. a mug not to buy one. Ooh, slogan. Right. Um, well, it's a good night from you. It's a good night from Gene Wilder. It really is, actually. <laughs> Sorry, that's a bit sad. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good night from... Oh. <laughs> and it's a good night from Frankenstein. It's a good night from... Frau Blucher. It's a good night from... I don't know. Uh, anyway, it's a good night from us from the podcast on Hood Hill. Um, stay spooky, stay scared and keep everything safe. If you can't stay safe, then stay monstrous. What the fuck? I don't know. Goodbye, everybody. Thank you for listening to the podcast on Haunted Hill. We will be back again real soon. Ah!